Hello and welcome back to the Fun Filtered Podcast. Or if or this is your... to... I was about oh, sorry, to do sorry, a thing. Sorry, go on, say your thing. I jumped in. Hello. Yeah. And welcome back to the Fun Filtered Podcast. Okay. If this is your first time listening, yeah. don't worry, we weren't expecting you to click on this either. Okay. Right. You did a thing. I did my I did a thing, yes. So, but you like you robbed me and like that's the catchphrase now. That's my cat. It would be like <laughs> Brucey going, nice to see you and to see you nice, don't interrupt me. <laughs> well, no, because you, what you've done is you've based it on like a mistake, effectively. Um, so if we, yeah, an uh, as we improve as podcasters, you right. no longer have that catchphrase. Right. Okay. But that doesn't make sense, though. How does it not make sense? Because well, it makes sense. But like the IT crowd, that that catchphrase. Yeah. If they had just, I don't know, they'd sent out a memo like from now on, just turn off the computers. <laughs> Uh, and then turn it back on to fix any potential problems and he would have been robbed of that catchphrase. Yeah, but like... Perfect is the enemy of the good, Jordan. No, because like... <laughs> you have to actively send out that memo whereas we'll naturally just like... Because you keep saying it. Right. There will come a time where we're naturally like, hello, welcome back to the... But what about the... Or to the... Fun- and then you have to go, or to... But what, there's nothing to but correct. what about the legions of fans who are waiting to hear that catchphrase? Well, the... They are welcome to write in. <laughs> yes, please. I want to see just how many people yeah. would be sad if that catchphrase were to okay. be made obsolete. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, let's test the commitment of our audience and ask them to write in for something glaringly that they should write in for. Okay. So, I don't know. If you're listening, just write in. <laughs> just say please you're, just tell us. Just say that you're listening. Yeah. Because the, the that's the easiest thing you could do. Yeah. There's zero commitment behind it. Mm. It's it's neutrally charged. Okay. It's amoral. Yeah. There's nothing there. Mm. So if they don't respond to this, they won't respond to anything. Plus, if if they do it in like the comment section and somebody yeah. clicks on the video and they see like five people saying I'm listening, I'm listening. they're like, ooh, <laughs> yeah, this is, this, yeah, yeah, this is worth listening to. Yeah. Because people are listening. People who are listening, are you recommending this to your friends? Are you actually evangelizing about us? Evangelizing. Evangelizing. <laughs> you spreading the gospel? Are you proselytizing? I don't think they are. No? Do you think they are? Are they even listening? Well, I said to the people who are listening, so implicit no, within point. that. Are the people who are listening even listening? How many well, people yes, do you by think, definition. Well, that's the thing. How many people do you think genuinely like listen to this podcast or treat it I think as most people treat podcasts which is I'll put it on over there yeah. while I'm doing a thing over here well how many people how many people just listen to podcasts any podcast I feel like a lot of people do now like older generations don't it's no I, I mean po- like you, by your definition there like listen oh I see what you're saying yeah. um, I have done yeah I have like listened to a podcast yeah. it's like the only thing that I've got going on yeah um, it's rare yeah it is yeah. definitely rare and it's only really for people that I like genuinely like. So yeah, like, yeah I want to I want to hear what they say. Yeah, um, I don't imagine we have that our audience. No, have that level yet. No, us. well, things I don't think you have to. Dependent on the podcast, you don't have to give it your full attention. That's kind of part of it. Yeah, that's definitely part of the appeal. Yeah, yeah. you sort of choose the level of engagement with it. Yeah, and I don't think it's part of the truncated attention span thing to say I don't really listen to it. Mm. You're not expected to. No, well, you've said before that, like, when you're playing a video game, for example, yeah. you're never just playing the video game. Yeah, there's always you, something else going on. You have on. something on in the background. Yeah, but that that is a function of overstimulation, of, of being, like, the saturation yeah. of content makes it difficult now to just do one thing. Well, I, I, I guess in your case as well, it's probably an indication of, like, your opinion of the subject. For right. example, like, you wouldn't listen to a podcast while reading a book. 
No. Whereas I wouldn't necessarily listen to... The only reason I would ever listen to something while playing a video game is if, like, I'm just doing the checklist. That's like, interesting. I only... I need to... Like, there are, like, six base camps left I need to yeah. liberate. So I'm just going to put something on while I'm doing the thing. But if I'm in the throes of, like, the the story campaign... Right. Or if I'm playing through for the first time, I generally give it my full attention. If I'm playing for the first time... Well, that's it. I don't, I don't play new games. Every game I play, I've completed a thousand times. I do it as just like chewing gum kind right. of thing. Right, okay. To be fair. So I don't really... I can't compare it to that. But that's interesting because I would say that playing video games is one of the prime formats for also listening to a podcast. In what respect? Um, well, it's, it's quite a mindless activity, isn't it, playing a video game? It can be. There are certain games where they're a bit more... Like like if you have like a narrative-driven experience, yeah, yeah. for example. Like that kind of requires you to be paying attention somewhat. Right. But I mean, th- there's a reason that Let's Plays are so popular is because people can play and just kind of chat shit at the same time. Yeah. That's not the same with any other art form. But again, with the story campaign comparison, there right. are some video games which are sort of Let's Play-proof. Okay. Like, maybe not The Last of Us, but maybe yeah. like Spec Ops The Line, for example. Right. Like a game that is very... Like, it sort of demands your attention on all fronts. Like, it's a game that you have to engage with, but also there's a story happening that you right. have to, you know... It'd be difficult to, like, chat with your audience yeah. while you're missing, like, God knows how many story beats. Right. I don't know. I mean, I haven't played a new game in a very long time, so I feel like if it's if it's a franchise particularly that I'm of which I'm a fan, mm. I will give it my attention. Mm. Grand Theft Auto Five. I'm sure I just played that. Yeah, just played through it, yeah. Um, yeah, but generally, I mean, obviously you can't listen to a podcast when you're reading a book because your attention is supposed to be so in the book. Mm. It, you know, books require your attention at every step. Yes. And so podcast is the modern novel in a sense. Uh, so you can't be doing two things at the same time, okay. two, reading two books at the same time. Yeah, because podca- they are the modern dialectic. Well, I think a lot of people... Uh, find podcasts and audiobooks interchangeable. Yes. They'll listen to audiobooks while exercising in the same fashion they would with a podcast. Right. Yeah, an audiobook, definitely. Yeah. But if you're reading a book. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that's my point. Like yeah. you're saying, it's it's like the modern novel. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, audiobooks and podcasts yeah. are the same thing. Yeah, they're genuinely interchangeable. I agree. Um, um, I don't like audiobooks. No? It's cheating. Okay. I don't know. It feels like cheating on You're the one You're not doing hand. it properly, people. Well, yeah. Is it that like, sort of attitude? It's like you want your cake and eat it too. You, you want the, the, the achievement, in a sense, of having read a book, mm. but you don't want to put in the hours. Well, is it also... Because um, with a book, like, you are... It's you and the author, right? The mm-hmm. two of you are building that world together. Whereas if somebody is reading you the book, mm. the, they're sort of taking away your role in the book if that makes sense it, it, it can do it it depends on the book I mean it's the same thing you're, you're reading you still have to picture the world that's what I mean by it's yeah. you and the author like the yeah. author tells you what's happening and you visualise that yes um, well that's why if I, if I ever listen to audiobooks it's the author reading their own book yes because that's the thing when somebody's reading the book yeah. um, obviously as they are saying it they are using certain inflections mm-hmm. and, which can dictate right how you perceive something. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're reading the book, you are the one who's sort of imposing those inflections. You might read a book, you might read a sentence a completely different way to the guy. Yeah, you interpret it your own way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so you the- are being dictated to more than if you were just reading the book. Yeah, again, it depends on the book. But I mean, that, that mid, that kind of, uh, that midpoint betwixt book and you, so the the, the narrator, the guy reading yeah. the book, 
Um, yes, there there is. Uh, they can interpret it a certain way in their reading that is then thrust on you. Mm. But generally, books are written with a certain intonation in mind anyway. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So it's not like it would be a world different if you were reading it yourself. No. Um, unless you're incredibly avant-garde, abstract human being. <laughs> I we, read pages in random order. We've done that. Not in random order, but we've done that before where we've read things clearly the opposite of their intent. When? When did we do that? We've done that before, definitely. Like, you just pick a random quote from a book and read it in a way that they never intended oh, for it to right. be read. You, well, yeah, maybe for fun. Like, oh, yeah, for fun. Not, not to genuinely read the book. <laughs> you don't, cool you don't read books. No. <laughs> I'm genuinely, my, um, we're sort of re- renovating my room mm. at the moment. Um, I'm probably just going to get rid of all my books. Because <laughs> I've got, like, two shelves worth of books that I've never, I never pick them up. Well, now would be a time, now you read them. But a lot of them are just, like, you know, Doctor Who annual 2006 oh, yeah, and shit like that. That's not a book, is In it? In terms of, like, books, yeah. I've got, like, the books that we had to read it for school, mm. which so I didn't read. List them. List the books. Yeah. Uh, so Wuthering Heights I've got. Worth a read. I don't think I ever got a copy of The Great Gatsby. Okay. Um, that's the best one. Yeah, I know. You, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, I think you said last podcast yes. that, you know, it made you cry. I cried. At the end of The Great yeah. Gatsby. Uh, yeah, Wuthering Heights. Um, what's the Bill Bryson one? The, the Lost Sub- Continent. The Lost Continents. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, that's... Uh, you cannot read that. Okay. Watching the Fire Eater? You cannot read that as okay. well. <laughs> is that Mininick? Yes, that Robert, Robert Mininick. Robert, Robert Mininick. Yeah. I always like that name, Mininick. Mininick, yeah. yeah. It's a fun name, but it's yeah. not silly. No. You know? Yeah. It's not like, you know, Glub the the something yeah, really that name. S- yeah, stupid and childish. It's like, no, no, Mininick. Mininick. It's a yeah. fun thing to say. Yes. Um, there's another one. That we read in school, To Kill yeah. a Mockingbird? Yeah, yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, I got that. You should, you should read that as well. Okay. I'll probably just keep those. Just those two. Yeah, there's like a wrestler's autobiography that I was bought. <laughs> I might keep that. Okay. And there's like a bunch of Doctor Who books I was bought. Like actual like Doctor Who stories. Stories, yeah. I might keep those. But oh. that's like, you know, a quarter of a shelf. Right. Compared to the two shelves I've got, which is just, you know, like like I said, Doctor Who annual or like the Harry Hill joke book <laughs> that I was bought when I was like yeah. 10. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get rid of those books. Okay. Definitely. Uh, Eddie's not with us. Yeah, we should probably yeah. <laughs> open with that. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I'm Jordan. That's Sam. Hello. And our the third man in our two man team, yeah. Eddie. Yeah. Uh, he's not. Uh, he's feeling a little under the weather. Yes. Which is ironic because when he told us that he wasn't going to be doing this week's podcast, we were over the moon, weren't we? <laughs> were we? Were you? No. No. Were you? Well, I did it just for the. Lang- I know. For I the know. language. I know. <laughs> but that required me to acquiesce to. I'm glad he's not here. No, no. You could have just. Like reacted better. Oh, how like, how should I have reacted? Well, like laughed. Ha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you see, you sometimes you expect a laugh out of me when the joke it's it's like a yeah I see that joke. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it's it's not hilarious. You're on a podcast, you know. You yeah. Are, you you are. Um, it's not a stage. Well, it is to a degree. No, it's not. I know. I know the um the conce- not the conceit the the premise of a podcast is. Yeah. Oh, we're just talking. Yeah. Like, whether these microphones were here or not, this conversation would go the exact same way. Right. But there is a degree of, like, you know, it has to be at least somewhat good to listen to. Yeah, but I would, the appeal of the podcast, other than the coziness and intimacy of it, mm. it's that it's genuine. This is what happens. When we don't have Eddie, we end up going very, like, you know... <laughs> Meta. Yeah. <laughs> we um, start talking about, like, the format of what we're doing. Yeah. But, right... Like, you want the sense that you're listening to a genuine... Like you said, the sense that if the microphones weren't here, this would be playing out exactly the same. Yeah. And if had you made that joke off air, it would have had the same response. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Well, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have made the joke if we were off air. I might have done. 
Well, it wouldn't have done because it would have required us to be recording exactly. for there to be a joke. Yes. But still. <laughs> I can't fake laugh. It's just not something that I can do. Yeah, it's I, tricky. Actually, Have we talked about that before? Maybe we talked about it on like the Christmas episode. Fake laughing? No, no. Well, it's a similar principle where you're like when you're unwrapping presents on Christmas Day. And even though yeah. you are oh, genuinely... Yeah. For the most... Like, I don't think I've ever really opened a gift and not been happy with it. Mm. But you still oh, have to... Okay. <laughs> you've never opened a gift a gift and been unhappy with it? Not to my what memory. What privileged life you've led? No, no. There's been like, you know, filler... Stocking uh, filler yeah. presents and stuff like that. Where yeah, like, yeah. you know, I wasn't expecting this, but I'm not disappointed I possess it okay but you know i can't think of like an instance where i opened the gift and thought this is fuck you yeah exactly (laughs) this is not what i wanted okay my point being you still have to force out like a oh thank you yeah i i am pleased i promise but i i have this face so i can't you know yeah well i just you know i caveat that Mm. ever it's like it's the watching you open presents that irritates me the spectacle of well, it. Okay, maybe it's different for you. Because, like, we... My dad used to record us when we were younger. Oh. He used to record us opening yeah. presents. So there was that genuine, like, yeah. performance element. Yeah. Whereas now, we're all sort of opening presents at the same time. Yeah. So attention is not on you for long. So... Whereas you, it's just you opening presents no, and people I mean, watching you. No, I mean, there are two... I have Christmas in two houses. My mother's mm. and my father's. At my mother's house, we open at the same time. Okay. But by the time I go, my dad's in the afternoon for dinner... They've opened their presents. So it is just me opening my I stuff see. there. Okay. Yeah, and I have to caveat, like, I am enthused. <laughs> on, you know I'm not going to register it. Yeah. You could you could give me a million pounds in a box. Oh, nice one. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not going to... I think the only time I genuinely reacted in a way that was appropriate mm. was... Uh, so one year, my father, there was this massive box. I think I was 12. And I opened the box, and there was a smaller box inside it. Okay. So I was like, okay. And that Russian doll thing kept happening. Right. And then there was ultimately just an envelope and there were tickets for New York in it. Oh, okay. And that, I went, oh my God, that was the only time that ever happened to me. Okay. Um, that's nice. That's a nice way of... That's uh, a good way, yeah. Because yeah, it's lowering your expectation. Well, because because I think, it, I don't know whether he had this in mind, but it, it was a visual representation of the significance of the gift, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a massive gift, but it comes in such a tiny form yeah, yeah, yeah. that you put it in a massive box. I like that. That's yeah. definitely something I'll... Oh, I would repeat if I ever had children. <laughs> uh, yes. Sam. Yeah. Explain something to me. Go on. Anything you want. You're trying to explain something to you? Yeah. This is a podcast. We need to, you yeah. know, we've got a couple of hours to kill. Do you want me to explain something that you already know about or something that is completely foreign to you? Surprise me. Is this the one of the questions you were going to ask? Yeah. <laughs> this is not a question. It this is. demands so much. It is a question. It's not. It, it comes in the form of, this is us. Explain something to me if, is a if, demand, if you look not a at question. It, if you look at it objectively, yeah. explain something to me. It's an imperative, not an interrogative. But it is demanding... Imp- yeah, it's a demand. It's not a question. <laughs> but it's like, it's a request for information. Is that not what a question is? Yes, yeah. it is a request for information. But in a... When something has a question mark at the end, mm. generally speaking, your response can be fairly quick. Okay. Explain something to me? Yeah. That's an essay. <laughs> Like in school, that's how it used to be, wasn't it? It would be explain the difference between like, oh fuck off, yeah, for God's sake, you're asking so much of me. Here. But you got an A star in your exam, so you should be so, fine. Yeah, but I was usually given a prompt. <laughs> it didn't just you say, have a prompt. It didn't something. It didn't just say explain something. Anything you want. <laughs> oh, how great would exams be? That's what exams should be. Just explain anything gen- you want. Yeah, like maybe not that kind of thing. Well, like within but, the realm of like you can't go into a history exam and just talk about you know no oh like uh, whiplash the no film no. Whiplash. No, but yeah, pick a subject and write about it 
and tell me as much as you can that you know about it. Mm. That would be a good way of genuinely testing learning. Well, I was going to say, what does that test? Does that test your general... Well, how much knowledge you retain, for one. Yeah. Um, and you get to elucidate it and structure it in whatever way you see fit. It is yeah. a bit of creativity in there, you know? Yeah. My policy with exams was always write what they want. Hmm. That's the first step. Just write all, all the information you know, put it down. Uh, then uh, write whatever you want. Yeah. What, like, it doesn't even have to be about, this, you know, the question itself. And then uh, criticize the question. I did that <laughs> literally for every... So with English, for example, it would be, you know, explain how um, nature is presented differently in The Great Gatsby and whatever, Wuthering yeah. Heights. Do all the, all the quotes that they want. Then say, I personally find nature, whatever the fuck you want. And then go... English has ruined reading for me. <laughs> which I genuinely put at the end of my English exam. I said, thank you for this. Overanalyzing every sentence. I know, I now know the purpose of each clause, each verb. Yeah. Thank you for that. I can't read anymore. And I got an A star for that. Yeah. How much of that did you retain, though? I remember the diagram, the ice cream diagram. Oh, well, like yeah. the text is the ice cream and then all of the an- analytical nonsense is yeah. the cone. Yes. You've got like... You start with content. Well, content is the ice cream. Yeah, yeah. But then underneath that, you've got clauses. I think that context. Was context. It depends which thing you're talking about. Well, that's sentence start... structure that is, isn't it? Yeah. Clauses inter. You know. Yeah. There's like context, then there's clauses, and you're going all the way down to like punctuation. On the clause, it's context, purpose, yeah. audience. Mm. Yeah. Themes, tone, text. I think it's something like yeah, that. Lexical. Yeah, you end with text. text. Yeah. You end with the words they're using. Literally what, the, yeah. you know, the symbols that are on the page. I mean, it was thorough. It, you know, every every type of sentence, what each clause meant. Yeah. You know, what every word, conjunction, determiner. Um, what, what's an A? There you go. What, what's A in, in English? Just the letter A. What? A. So like the <laughs> A. What's A? The A. Yeah, what is an A? What type of word is A? It's a vowel? No. No? No. It's uh, yeah, not the letter is a vowel. The word. Oh, you a. mean the word? Yeah, a. yeah. Oh, it's um, uh, not a connector. No, I don't know. It's a determiner, but it's a something determiner. It's like because you've got the definite, indefinite determiner, right. indefinite article, <laughs> okay. indefinite article, indefinite article. Okay. Yeah, the it's the definite article, and a is the indefinite article because because the is the th- you're pointing at the thing. A is, a is just some. Yeah, yeah. it's vaguer. Okay, all yeah. right, okay. Oh, yeah, they were thorough. Yeah. They were thorough. And then we even did, like, syntax and speech and how to mark out... Yeah, no, it's definitely <laughs> it was definitely thorough. My yeah. question is, what's the point? Well, the point like, is when, if when you're, you're going, going to study it further, isn't it? Yeah, but, like, what is... Oh, uh, the first sentence of this book starts with an A. Yeah. An A is an indefinite determinant. What is the point? That is what you did it for. It was like the author has used this because they didn't want... They wanted to convey imprecision or something. <laughs> but it's literally that, the first yeah, word. That is no. bullshit. That yeah. is... You're, you are filling like, up Surely that's, just, that's too minute for you to... Surely the point of analysing a book is yeah. we want to excavate the author's intentions... I want to figure out how those intentions were implemented. Yes. Surely, like, A being the indefinite, like, that is just too far down. Yeah. But, like, if, if, like... I don't know. The author's intention is in the middle. Yeah. You've, like, burrowed underneath that. Yeah. And now you're just looking way too deep into this, you know? Well, here's the thing. Let's say the book is about someone struggling to find their purpose. Okay. And then something comes along that might be. Hmm. And then the, the last sentence of the chapter is, this was an answer. You can analyze that. Because here's the thing. A lot of this stuff, it feels like overanalysis. And a lot of it is. Yeah. But the reason it feels like that is because you understand that intuitively. 
that's just how people communicate. Mm. So when you're actually talking about why they use the instead, you know, yeah, you're correct. But the author didn't even think that deeply into it because that's just how people yes. language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you can analyze that because it wasn't. This was the answer. This was an answer. Mm. So you could genuinely analyze that. So yeah, why did you say an instead? Yeah. So there are examples of it, which are fertile for analysis. Okay. Was, um, was that your explanation? For? Well, I asked you to explain a thing. Oh, no, it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> uh, you've got to give me something to explain. Well, I, You can't just you say want. explain something. Yeah. All right, you first. Explain no, something. No, that's not how, that's not okay. how a question well, works. If I answer your question, will you then answer the, that question as well? Sure. Right. Just pick something. Point at something in the room. Um, car. Car. Yeah. Right. I don't know how cars work. <laughs> I genuinely don't. Yeah. I, I was always um, mystified by how if you leave the the engine running or you leave the radio on, mm. the battery will die. Yeah. But if you turn the car off and turn it on again, it, it doesn't. I was always mystified by that. Oh, right. Like, why can't you just leave the radio on? Like, I don't get it. Well, because would... you never have to recharge the car. Well, I don't think it's... Um... I don't think it's that the battery has died. I think yeah. it's to prevent the battery from dying. Because if the battery dies, you can't start the car. No, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no, I never understood so that. So it's like it's like a built-in kill switch. Yes, but I never understood how a car never needed to be charged. Mm. But if you left it a certain thing on, its battery would drain. That never made sense to me. Right, okay. But it, my uncle, it's something about driving itself is what charges the battery. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But that, for years, I never really understood that. Okay. Um, I don't know anything about cars... Okay. I'm the wrong guy to ask. Right. Do you know anything about cars? Not really. Okay. You I, drive. I, I defer to my dad for that. Okay. Because he was okay. a car salesman for yes. years. So, yeah, anything with a car. Like, dad, explain. Okay. Sort well, it out. Let me explain sports. You would explain sports. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, not explain it. I was going to bring this up anyway, so I don't know if this counts. Okay. What's the appeal of sport? Of sport, singular. Yeah. Of sport. of sport. The one sport yeah. that exists. Yeah. Um, well, no, it's like, it could be like cinema, isn't it? Sport. It's the thing. Oh, it's the, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. being, okay, fine, yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, it's hard being funny like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Not having time to think of <laughs> yeah. like a joke. Wit. You have to be like, oh shit, I have to be funny now. Yeah. Because um, that's the problem with podcasts, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> spontaneity. <laughs> spontaneity, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, What's the appeal of sport? Oh, yeah, that's interesting, actually. It did get meta again. You very rarely think on a podcast. Yeah. You're just responding constantly in the moment. You never sit down and go, what is it that I want to say about that thing? You might, yeah, you might think about, like, oh, I want to discuss this subject. Yeah. How will I introduce it? Yeah. And do I have anything it. to say about it? Yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of it. Like, when we watch films, like, we take notes. It's like, yeah. oh, I'll remember that. Yeah. But I always find that, like, when I'm listening back to these episodes as I'm editing them, I always like instantly think of like a thing. It's like, oh, that's a good thing to say, mm. but I don't say it on the podcast. You don't say it. Yeah, it's rare that, rare that that happens. If I do say so myself. All right. Where I listen back and kind of like, <laughs> I'm actually I, brilliant I, I, at I, I lament it. Yeah. I think it's just part of, I realize, I don't know if you have this. I think a lot of people do. I definitely do. I think by talking. That is how I actually think. Yes. Like, I find it difficult with writing to sit down and just think things through. Yeah. I've got to chat, talk it out with somebody. That's how I think. Yeah, 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 I'd say so, yeah. So this is us thinking, I, I've I suppose. Been in, I've been in trouble before with my parents for talking aloud. Okay. Because I, I, like, talk. <laughs> no, don't no, do that. I, no. <laughs> don't do that. No, I'll talk myself through. Don't rope me into your psychosis. No, <laughs> I'll talk myself through something. If I'm, like, thinking of an idea, right. then I'll sort of talk it out. 
Like if I'm thinking of a scene, I'll I'll like speak the scene. Right. Do you not do that when you're writing? No. No. no why no. Why wouldn't you do that when you're writing? When I'm writing, well, you, you, you want to know how it sounds, surely. Um. Like how the dialogue sounds. Yeah, I don't know. If I do, it's an unconscious thing. I can't like I can't picture myself doing that. Okay. If I do it, it's like a whistle. It wouldn't be a acting it out. It would be. It'd be me doing that. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I don't like. I'm not full blown. No, like, no. Where is? The I think there's anything wrong with that. Sorkin said that he does that. Yeah. He said he broke his nose acting a scene out. Oh right. Yeah. Because he got aggressive and he whacked into a mirror. Is that while he was on cocaine? Or? No, this wasn't. Oh, he wasn't. I think okay. It might have been the social. Can't remember, but yeah, he said that he because he acted out and he was like in the bathroom, like really acting out a scene. Mm. And it's a scene where someone lunges at someone else in anger. Yeah. And he did it and he smacked his nose into a mirror and <laughs> right. shattered his nose. Um, no, I found when I'm writing, I'm in the script. Okay. I'm in that world. Hmm. And my thing is, right, where am I looking? Right. What okay. am I paying attention to? How do I want this to look? Hmm. And then the characters just talk. I know that sounds wanky, but the characters do just talk to each other. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I really have to go, ah, ah, ah. I don't, yeah, I don't do that. Maybe I'm gone. Me, when I'm writing, I'm not here anymore. Yeah, okay. Maybe for me, it's more like, because um, like, I, I picked this up from editing, but Sorkin talked about it a little yeah. bit as well, about how dialogue sounds. Yeah. Like to him, when he was younger, dialogue sounded like music to him. Mm-hmm. He heard like the rhythm and the melody in dialogue, and that's what he's always tried to replicate. Yes. Yeah. And that's, it's a similar thing with editing. When I'm editing, I always, it is just about the timing of everything and mm-hmm. the rhythm of it and it has to feel like it's flowing yeah and I think that's why I talk aloud when I'm writing okay or when I'm thinking out of an idea because I'm, I'm sort of like sort of figuring out the melody and the rhythm of it mm-hmm. so it sounds even if you know it's not the best dialogue in the world mm. like word for word it sounds pleasant you know I definitely have that where I try and make it melodious mm. yeah a rhythm 100% yeah. because I just think it's so like unmelodious writing mm. <laughs> or unrhythmical writing can be so difficult to get through, you know? Or just like filmmaking, so like general pieces of filmmaking mm. that lack a like a distinct rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. Like the fall? My 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 family are watching the fall at the moment. Right. Is this made a resurgence or something? Yeah, because... it's, it's just it's just gone on Netflix. Okay. That's why everybody's watching. Okay. It. Because yeah, it was twenty thirteen, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a long time ago. It was. But yeah, my mother's been talking about it. I was like, yeah. that's twenty yeah, that was like ten years ago almost. Yeah. yeah. But that's so slow. Like it's so slow that it's I it don't mind slow, but it's it's not that well, it's not just that it's slow, yeah. it's that nothing's happening. Yeah, I, I think I saw a couple of episodes and just I gave up. Yeah. It's Dawn and Jillian Anderson, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do it. No. Like that first episode, I think it's genuinely like 45 minutes before something happens. Yeah. The first scene is Julian Anderson, like, in her flat, just looking through some files. It starts from killing somebody, doesn't it? Mm, or preparing no. to kill somebody? Well, he's in some... He's yeah, broken he's, into a house. he's scoping okay, out... Okay, fine. I guess that's a thing that yeah. happens. But, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's scoping sco- out Yeah, he doesn't actually yeah. do anything. He yeah. just, like, puts some underwear on the bed and leaves. Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, like, I was watching that first scene where Julian Anderson was looking through... Because you don't see what's in the files, I don't think. Mm. She's just looking through files on her bed. Yeah. I'm like, right. What is that... What have I learned? Mm. Genuinely, what has this told me about Gillian Anderson or this show other than it's going to be a slog? Brit- a lot of British dramas are, though. Yeah. They've got that thing. I've been watching Line of Duty, oh, which right. everyone loves. Yeah. People. Well, that's miserable, right? That's the appeal of Line of Duty. It's not. It, it can be. But like, that's the thing. It's that grim, British, dreary thing that we do. Hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of. Um, I find it boring. I yeah. really find it boring. I don't know why. But I think it might just the- be because it's. Like, like I said, I haven't seen it, but maybe if it yeah. does, if it doesn't feel like it's flowing, mm. 
one of the one of the like um, quickest ways I'm like right I'm just genuinely not interested mm. in this is if it feels kind of like directionless okay and having a rhythm and a flow even if nothing explicitly is happening mm. it can feel like that's carrying you along you feel like you're moving in a direction yeah and if something lacks that then you do just kind of feel like right I'm just I know, I know what you mean sitting in this scene nothing's really kind of a micro direction yeah exactly yeah like Sorkin the West Wing you, you, if you're like really sitting outside that you look at a lot of the episodes and go, this went nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. this didn't even really resolve itself. Mm. But you don't care, because no. you're so carried in the tide of that writing. And even if you're not picking up on a lot of what the... Kind of like a podcast, even yeah. if you're not picking up on the specifics of the dialogue mm. and what the characters are saying to each other, because they're so quick. Yeah. The fact that it's happening... Yeah, the fact that it's happening so quickly, but also just the the rhythm of it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm with this. I feel like I'm with this, even yeah. though if you asked me, right, what's happening? Yeah. I probably wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's it. it's not a trick either. Because I've been watching The West Wing a lot recently. Um, I'm really trying to, like, what's, what's happening? Yeah. Because you don't really care about the plot in The West Wing. It's just, it's a secondary consideration. Oh, yeah. It's a musical, right? Yeah. Um, things do happen. Like, <laughs> it is, because yeah. I, I remember Sorkin said that his writing, you give, like, a masterclass. And one of the first things he says is, you know, it's about intention and obstacle and what are the characters going to do to get what they want it's like that's not what you write about no. there is kind of what you write about yeah. you just write people talking and that's fine you do it better than anybody do you think he had to like quickly look up how to write <laughs> maybe because maybe. he I, he strikes me as one of those people that yeah he doesn't think about he writes he just writes he doesn't yeah. think about it he just writes and he finds it while he's writing you can't do 20 write 22 episodes a year without most of it just being I'm just going to write stuff yeah genuinely like how do you you could break down an episode of the yeah. West Wing. You could probably find a formula yeah. if you broke down multiple episodes of the West Wing. Yeah, but that is probably just because he's uh, just it's flowing out of him. Well, the West Wing, it's like there are th- there are three usually three plots, hmm. A, B, C, and then the characters in a room with an opponent in some of some fashion. Yeah, and there's a subject, and he just has the characters. Uh, voice each side of a debate on that yeah in his own way mm. sometimes he'll bring personal things into it and then this kind of a resolution that's every episode of the West Wing mm. they kind of one character either begrudgingly goes yeah alright you win but hey we're still friends even though we've had that argument yeah we're on opposite sides but hey this is America yeah or they go oh neither of us is right let's go for a, a drink <laughs> that's every and it's like it's great yeah you know, you're never bored with it you know that's why when he left, you never really watched past that point of view. I saw like a couple. Yeah. But it got it darker something. as well. Like the cinematography got darker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't even feel, it doesn't even look like the West Wing anymore. Let alone it not sounding like the West Wing. I was reminded, because I've been watching the first four seasons. I, feel. Oh, right, I don't yeah. watch past four. Okay. Um, I was reminded of a scene, it's like season six or seven. I don't know if you've ever seen this, where Toby and Josh have a fight. No. And uh, it's the most kind of like, this is what the show became after he left. Right. The West Wing, they're all friends. The, the, those central characters, they're mates, basically, aren't they? They work mm. together. And they occasionally fall out, but it's never. They all trust each other, and they all know there's integrity, and they care about the job and America and all that, yeah. uh, even though they're Democrats. And after he left, I mean, they go their separate ways anyway, because Josh leaves to run a campaign. And there's this thing where Toby resents that Josh didn't ask him to run the campaign with him. Okay. And they end up in a physical fight. All right. And it's not pl- it's not like played for laughs or like they're scrapping. Mm. It's dark. Like 
Uh, he throws papers at Toby and hits him in the head. Mm-hmm. And then they just start, like, proper scuffling in, in Toby's office. And it's right. like, Jesus, like, they have so let down these characters. Yeah. No, Richard Schiff, by the end, I think, it just, like... Because his character gave up state secrets. Okay. Because um, his brother's involved in... His brother's an astronaut and he's involved in some sort of scandal. Mm. Or he's let down by the government and Toby's like, fuck them, and he releases secrets. Okay. And Richard Schiff is like, Toby would never do that. Yeah. And, yeah, he, I think he's he refused to be in the finale... Right. Uh, because of that okay it's like yeah Jesus Christ yeah um, I don't know how you recapture Sorkin I don't dialogue, think you can I, but you gotta try you know at least the spirit of it yeah maybe it is just that rhythm I don't know I, I don't know what the the um the secret ingredient to Sorkin is yeah I know I know him when I see him yeah but I don't know what I'm looking for if that makes sense you know yeah you can yeah you can tell a Sorkin script if you're watching it because mm. even you, the same sort of sentence structures and yeah you pick up on the little texts that he has well some lines as well he just outright uses lines yeah which you know if, if it is just flowing out of you fair enough that's yeah. going to happen I wonder how like well researched his like sub his, the shows and films he does actually oh, are. I, th- I think they are I think like the are. West Wing for example if you actually like right I'm going to sit down with the intention of like seeing how accurate the politics and the I guess bureaucracy mm. is like I wonder how accurate it would actually be whether he even thinks about that stuff oh yeah when he's writing or whether it is just I'm just going to do a scene with characters and hope it sticks I mean it's unrealistic in the sense uh, that it's idealistic okay it's over idealized I would say okay all the characters are very idealistic because mm. Sorkin clearly is yes so that's unreal the, ca- the fact that the show is packed with cynics and political um, opportunists. Yeah, there's some of that, but all the main characters are all. Well, like, any political opportunist in that show is immediately like, the, "Oh, you're the bad guy." Yeah, you know. Yeah, we um, all hate you. We all acknowledge what you're doing is wrong. Yeah, not yeah. That's the game we play. It's like no, fuck you. You're and, you're 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 insulting America with like, your presence. That's rare. Even though, like, the, it's you know, it's a left wing show. It's a heavily left wing show. Mm. And Republicans are the baddies in that sense. But most Republicans are even true. Like, they also care. Yeah. And they have good arguments. They're not idiots. Yeah, John Goodman, when he takes over at the end of Series 4, he's very civil, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He he's, just does the job. Yeah, and, yeah. He's yeah. like, I, Ainsley. Ainsley Hayes, yeah. yeah. But yeah, John Goodman's like, I understand why you're doing this, Mr. President. I would, I would hate to be in your position. Yeah. You know, you're a good man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, it is bizarre watching it. Yeah. yeah. It is bizarre. There's an episode where... Josh is debating with a Republican. I think it's about, it might be about don't ask, don't tell. It's about something along those lines. Okay. And the Republican's gay. And the big subtext of it, Josh can't fathom how the guy can be gay and be a Republican. I see. And it eventually gets to that point where he's like, how can you be gay and be a Republican? He's like, you've been waiting to say that for way too long. Yeah. And then he says to him, um, I agree with like 95% of the Republican platform. I believe in low taxes and uh, individual responsibility and blah, blah, blah. And he lists all these things. He says, my whole life doesn't have to be about being gay. It doesn't mm. all have to be about that. Yeah. It's like, that you couldn't do that now. No. Because he wins that argument, basically. Yeah. But the one kind of caveat that Sorkin shoves in is when he's leaving, because he's kind of, he's won this bill for his colleagues. Mm. Um, the colleagues are like, oh, well done. They pat him on the back. He's like, take your hands off me. Mm. Like, he hates his colleagues, but, you know, he, he is a Republican. Yeah. Like, that is genuinely, and we've talked about it before, but it's genuinely unfathomable now. Mm to like have that goodwill towards the other side <laughs> to be fair on either side but especially on the left yeah side, you know yeah what would the west wing look like now oh god i'd try to think 
I genuinely dread to think. Yeah. Well, would it be... Um, would they do, like, a... It's Trump in the White House. So... Oh, you mean if the actual West Wing came back? Yeah. So, like, for example... It is, by the way. Oh, it is coming back. They're doing a special... Well, of course it's coming back. <laughs> we, talk, we talked about this a while ago. Did we? Like, it's going to come back. In the same way the Lost is going to come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. They go in some way. Yeah. It's a one-off special... Um, I think he's writing new material for it okay. but it's a reading of a, a pre-existing episode oh, oh yeah yeah okay. but he's adding stuff I think I see okay um, no my question was going to be would it be a case of you you do a similar thing where like all of the characters are idealistic and likable mm. and blah 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 but the president is a cunt so so well it's so them versus kind of, the president if that makes sense so it would be them not in office is what you're saying no they would be in office but yeah. they'd be like you know um, the thing would be like oh the president is a knob yeah. And he's, like, terrible. Mm. But we're the ones who are basically keeping him in check. I don't know. I think... Well, no, because it would require that they'd be Republicans. And I think if there was a West Wing now, either... It, I just mean kind of set in that world. Mm. Either it would be... Um, they're in office, and there's a lot of identity politics. That would be one of the main things in the mm. show. A lot of it would be about that, trans rights and all that. Mrs. Langing- Langingham... Landingham would be like a like a gay uh, like bear in her 50s or yeah. something yeah it'd be a lot of that yeah. it'd be a lot of the fact that there's only one black character would not be acceptable no or yeah. or they would hire Charlie and they would be going on about like oh we're so glad that we're finally you know yeah. we're, we're, we're living in the dark ages yeah ironically you, you know we're we're so glad to bring you in Charlie and Charlie's yeah. like yes you've um, yeah, this government is shit basically yeah. and I'm going to make that better They'd, yeah he'd be the main character yeah. they deal with it kind of twice he dates the president's daughter and um, racists don't like it yeah. fair enough yeah. like the actual Nazis and when he's first hired Josh is a bit um, iffy about the sight of a black guy holding open the door for the president. Yes, he's worried of the yeah. how, what, of the context of that. Yeah, the, the, the subtext of that. The implica- yeah, the implications of it. Mm. And there's a, a, a black um, general in the show. Yeah, and he's in the office, and he calls him over. He says, "What? How would you feel about a young black guy opening the door for the president?" He says, "I open the door for the president. It's an honor." Mm. And he says, "Yeah, but the image you want? Are you going to pay him a decent wage? Yeah, you can treat him fairly in the workplace. Yeah, then why do I give a shit?" Yeah that's it it's just like so, you know it's honestly it's back then it was kind of a liberal fantasy mm. now it really is a liberal fantasy <laughs> you know just a, just an anyone fantasy yeah like I'd want my white house to be run like that I'd vote for them yeah I'd vote I would, for I'd them vote I'd vote for, for the fuck out of them yeah yeah uh, but when those days are gone yeah. unfortunately oh, so, oh no yeah. <laughs> so it would either be that I think where they're in office but it's all identity politics the president yeah. is Latino woman uh, or um, more likely they would be the opposing party trying to get into office with, with a president that was with Trump in the office yeah. and like they'd he, be the grassroots ah fuck him take yeah, him yeah like he's like, they show him in the office and he's genuinely like running the country into the ground yeah it's like this isn't just you know we're not just trying to win we're trying to save America yeah by getting this guy exactly out. yeah exactly yeah I don't want I don't want that show I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't want, want that show it to either. come back it's weird that it doesn't really exist it will exist yeah a show about um, a kind of evil president mm. that the opposing side is trying maybe, to maybe maybe they're holding off until Trump's out of office maybe they would maybe. think not, not necessarily like oh he would disapprove because mm. they don't seem to give a shit about that on like SL no and basically anything that exists no. now no but I think it probably people are thinking like oh it would be a bit too real mm. if we did a show about evil president while Trump is in office yeah 
people would genuinely think like, oh, every, you know, yeah, it would freak people out. So maybe. Yeah, the only way you can do that is the House of Cards where you're following the president and he's a Machiavellian. And, yeah, yeah. Um, he was president though, was he? He became president. He became yeah. president, but yeah. he wasn't, what was he initially? Uh, he's the whip. Right, okay. He's the house whip, congressional whip, I think. Okay. Yeah, and then he ascends to the presidency. Mm. Uh, that God, that show went downhill, didn't it? <laughs> two seasons were great. The first two seasons were really good. Okay. Um, I think I stopped episode two or three of season, season two. Of season two. Yeah. Well, season two is good. Was, I, mean, I think it was the filibuster episode. Okay. And at the time that we watched it, because I was watching with my mother. Yeah. And at the time we were watching, it was just like... Um, American politics overload. Right. Like, I wasn't following what was happening anymore. Yeah. It's like, right, we need a break from this. And we yeah. just never went back to it. Okay. No, it is good. You know, they did a Boardwalk Empire where... Because Boardwalk Empire, I would say, is pleasantly notorious for, in my opinion anyway, plot developments happen way before you expect them to. Mm. So, you know, Boardwalk Empire has a Breaking Bad kind of setup, a Walt and a Jesse, and you think... By the end of the whole show, they're going to be at each other's throats. Yeah. I'm going to build to that. Mm. But no, they deal with that by the end of season two. It's just over. Yeah. And similarly, House of Cards, all about this guy trying to get his way into the White House. And by the end of season two, he's president. Mm. He is there by the end of season. And then you've got another four seasons, which are shit. Is that the problem, <laughs> though? That's part... Well, he left as well, through the right I, I mean, there is, there is that. Yeah. But also just like, is the reason that we're doing this so quickly is because, oh, we're, we're out of ideas. So let's do know. let's do our only idea that we have left now yeah. and worry about having no ideas later. Well, I think there's a lot to be said for now, you know, he's in office now and it's going to be how Machiavellian he is in governance. Yeah. That, that is, you know, you get a few seasons out of that. And obviously what it became was it was building towards the uh, inevitable war between him and his wife, mm. which is kind of where it went. Uh, except they had to kill him off because Spacey was is Spacey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, I think that show ends with her, remember Doug, I think his name is, his uh, oh, right-hand yeah. man. Yeah. She kills him in the Oval Office. Oh, right. <laughs> ju- jumping the shark a bit. Uh, okay, all right. You okay. Know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that is such a shame because Fincher, you know, he was involved for the first yeah. few seasons. Yeah, just ran off the rails. Um, is that explaining something? Is that is that good enough? What did, what did you explain to me? I explained the West Wing and, and House of Cards. Oh, sure. Okay. We'll, we'll count that as your explanation. I asked about sport. I asked uh, You did ask about sport. sport. We never got sport. back to sport. Um, I think it's the community right okay the communal feeling that you get by in, like observing sport with your fellow man mm. I mean there is that just inherent like oh a, a, a thing is happening and somebody's winning right there is just that appeal mm-hmm. um, yeah I don't view sport as a solo activity you don't watch sport alone I don't think but you do don't you I, that I don't quite understand. I suppose that's more what I'm asking about then. Yeah. I suppose. I, I understand the that more That feels... It's, it's not that it feels wrong, but it feels like you're not... Like, that's not the appeal of sport, surely. Like... No. Well, let's take Bill Burr as the example then. Because okay. he's like... Let's target him here. Mm. Let's criticise Bill Burr. Um, <laughs> we're big fans, by the way, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't... Uh, I, I saw him on a talk don't show. Don't open with, oh, we're going to criticise Bill Burr. Bill He'll criticise us back. And he will win. Yeah. Um... No, he watches sports like five, five, six days of the week, right? Okay. On his own. Mm. He records it all and he sits at home and he watches it on his own. That is what I don't understand. Okay. Explain that to me. Well, is that just like, just like, I mean, you're a fan of things, right? Yeah. You're a fan of like Breaking Bad and Lost and I guess he's a fan of sports. Like it's the the same. Okay, go on. They end. Right. (laughs) That's it. They end. 
Sport. Well, sport it, ends. It doesn't. But it doesn't, though. It, no, it, no. It, it, it temporarily ends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's my point. There is an ending to sport. It's well, not just kind of. here is a game. Okay, that game's over. Here's another game. It's. What's well, that? Doesn't it? Yeah we're, yeah, we're we're building up to the end of the season. Right. We're building up to the trophy. Sure, but yeah. then that happens, and then it's just another season. Well, yeah, great. More sport. Okay, but this is my this is my point. What makes life precious, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going. Yeah, it's finity. Okay. I don't know if that's probably not a word. But the thing that makes life precious is it's finity. Yeah. It doesn't go on forever. Finality? It's finiteness, probably. Yeah. Um, Finititude. Finititude. Finitude. What makes life precious is it's finitude. Okay. Uh, The fact that we're not immortal. Because if you're going to live forever, what would be the point of anything, right? Yeah. You're here for a short time, and then you're gone. Mm. Yes, you could say, oh, but films will never end. No, but the film will end. And you could say, oh, the match will end. Yeah. Think, but that it's completely apples and oranges, right? It's a unit of art, a, a film. Yes. That's it. Yeah. There needs, nothing else needs to be around that. Sport, okay, you can enjoy it while it's happening, but what's it building to? It's not building to anything. Yeah. It well, just goes on and on and on. It, you will die before it does. Yes. You'll never see the end of it. There will be no winner. But there will. No, they won't. They will, though. They, but no, no, no. They, you can win this year. Exactly, yeah. But then, what about next year? You just carry on as... Well, next if, if somebody wins this year, then there'll be no sport but next year. But it doesn't mean... If only that were the case. <laughs> but that, there, there is no end. There is no win, There is no ultimate winner of football. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's... Because, like, I, like, like I said, you're a fan of things, but you're, you're not a fan of something that is permanently ongoing. Like, for me, I'm not a fan of sport, but I'm a fan of Sonic. And yeah. that is a franchise that is still going, you know? Okay. That, it, that will probably that franchise will probably outlive me. Right. But I'm you know I always kind of look even though like oh a Sonic game came out mm-hmm. there will be more Sonic games and I look forward to seeing whether those will be you know okay. worth, worthy of my attention or not. But, so I, I I can draw a parallel there going like I don't right. understand sports but I understand Sonic and I can see a parallel between the two. There's still because un- I feel like you lack a parallel. Well, this yeah, they're still Unitarian products though, aren't they? That it's still you get the game. And you don't have to consider anything outside that. If it's a good game, it's a good game. Well, it could be the same with the season. But you're not going to stop watching after the season. You can compartmentalise a sport, you know? But you're not going to, are you? I'm talking about the people who really care about this stuff. Okay. Oh my God, Liverpool, they lost it. Who cares? Oh, they might lose next season, and the season after, and the season after. And yeah. then one year they win. What's it, no, Nothing's going to change. They probably will, right? Well, at some point. Is that... <laughs> but nothing's going to... Is gonna... Liverpool, like, the bad one? I know there are people who like Liverpool, but isn't that, like, the... Oh, as a joke, we say that Liverpool is the Oh, I don't know. Okay. I old man, you were always the villains when I grew up. Oh, right. Manchester okay. United. Liverpool was No, the they're the good ones. It. They win everything. Yeah, but you don't support those, though. Oh, I see. Okay. You support the underdog, don't you? Right. And Liverpool are the underdog. I don't I don't know. Okay. I mean, as far as man, you go. Apologies probably. to sport people. I can't, uh, no, I can't, fuck I can't, you. Why you listen to us? No, no, no. I can't even do... That's my point. I yeah. can't even, like, antagonise them correctly. I know that little <laughs> about sports. I don't even know how to push their buttons. Listen, if it's like... If it's the equivalent of watching stupid YouTube videos, hmm. with mindless, meaningless, you just do it to, you know, will away your time. Yeah. All right. But it's caring about it. It's, oh, they lost. Who cares? Well, you gotta care Who about... Who cares? You gotta care about something, Sam. But why, again, choose something other than sport? Why? Because it's meaningless. Sport will always be there. Exactly. It's not (laughs) worth caring about. No, it is worth caring about because it will never leave you. No, but you will leave it. Yeah. It's not worth your time. (laughs) It's not worth your time. Do you see what I'm saying, though? It's it, It will go nowhere. 
It will go nowhere. I do and I don't. Right. I see, I, I know exactly what you're saying to me and yeah. I agree with you that yes, you know, sport will, you won't outlive sport. Sport will yeah. outlive you. There is no, like, why do we get excited about when um, the Boston Red Sox win this game, mm. when they'll lose, if, you know, they might lose 19 games after this. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't quite see how that is reason for it to, like, to completely delegitimize it as, well, a, I, I as just, a thing to engage in. I just don't understand caring about it. Okay. I don't understand the, my team lost this year, now I'm depressed. It means nothing, because they will be next year, a year after that. And indeed, forever. Well, it means as much as it means to you, right? It's like it's like when people say like an object is only worth the value that someone is willing to pay for it. Right. It's the same with sport. Like it matters as much as it matters to you. I'm not arguing that sport doesn't matter to people. But you're I'm arguing that but it you're shouldn't argue, no, matter. You're arguing to people. that it doesn't matter. Period. Right. That it shouldn't matter. Okay. Sport demonstrably matters. Yes. To people. Yeah. This is what I'm railing against. It we wouldn't be having. Shouldn't matter. We wouldn't be having this conversation if nobody cared about sport. Right. <laughs> it's the caring. It's, I suppose. It's not yeah. even watching it. Like I said, I don't. If it's the equivalent of a YouTube video, mm. it's just there. It's there to fill time. Okay. It's a quiz show. You watch it and it's done. Mm. You enjoyed yourself while it was on. Uh, but it's different though. With a quiz show, you're you're you can sort of answer along. You can engage in a quiz show. Can't yeah, you? but you, still, it's not. Even very, though you, yeah. even though you know, like even if you answer all the questions correctly, you get nothing. Right. But there's still it's still fun to like. But don't you ever have that in underlying internal thing when you're watching the chase, going, "What am I doing? Why am I spending <laughs> my time watching this? It's nothing will come of it." I mean, not the ch- the t- tipping point. I get that. I mean, not, not the chase. N- not the chase. Why? I don't know. There's something about the chase. Why? I don't know. What is it? Is it because p- they're so intoxicating about the chase? Yeah, because genuinely. People, I don't like it. I mean, I don't hate it. It's yeah. fine. Mm. But young people watch it. Like, it's a thing. People yeah. Well, enjoy it, it. it's got a villain, hasn't it? There is a villain in the chase. Yeah, a series of villains. Quiz shows don't have villains, but the chase has a villain. That's increasingly less the case, though, isn't it? Like, aren't they more and more just kind of friend, inside joke? Yeah, we're villains. But they're really friendly. I mean, yeah, I, now, I know obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that is but, the case now yeah. but obviously that's kind of like it's like with Dragon's Den isn't it like initially they right. were just oh we are business people that have money yeah and we you know we know what we're talking about whereas now they're like they're on adverts and they're like right. you know they're media personalities basically now yeah but yeah it's sort of, yeah, so yeah as the chase has gone on yeah yeah it's like oh, oh the chase I, wa- oh. I wonder if they ever edited out because if, if I was in that position and they were doing their thing oh fuck off <laughs> What is this shtick? Be a real for God's bastard. sake. Oh, you say you intimidated. You as the... As the um, contestant. Oh, I thought you meant you as the chaser. Oh, no, no, no as the contestant. The tell, the tell contestant to go fuck themselves. When the Dark Destroyer comes out and says, you know, I'm going to cripple you. I'm going to financially... <laughs> going to ruin your life. You're going to break your fucking yeah. legs. Yeah, I'm going to... That's know. what I would do if I was a chaser. I'd go for it. <laughs> I'm going to break your legs. I'm going to break your fucking legs if you, but, you, know, if if you, they, were, if they if you win. If they were like that, I go oh, fuck off. <laughs> well, who are you talking to? It's a quiz show. Do you ever? Do you think there's ever anybody? All they told beforehand. Listen, you've just got to play along. No, no. I think gimmick. I think I think most people because obviously quiz shows they're normal people. Yeah, and I think most normal people don't have that impulse. No, not not. Well, they don't have that impulse. Maybe no. no it's not that they don't have the impulse. It's that they wouldn't do anything about it. Right. Because like, oh, if I say if I do that now, I'm gonna look like a tit on national television. Yeah. Would you? You'd love that person, wouldn't you? If you're watching the chase and they and they did that, no, like that's the thing. People like the chase and they like the chasers. So if I piss, if I stand up to the chaser, mm. um, people might think I'm a twat. 
Oh, okay. I don't think. I don't think that. Okay. You'd like that contestant. Well, not, not, you would no, like no, that contestant. No, I think people would. Not someone who goes like, oh, fuck off, get, wasting my time. Not someone who's taking it seriously, but someone went, yeah. I don't think you would see. I think you would You would see that person who's like, you know, ah, oh, the chaser, you big meanie. Right, bleh. right. And you'd just go, oh, fuck off. Who do you think you are? I don't think so. I really don't I think, think so. I think you would. And I, like I say, I'm not talking about the guy going, oh, fuck off, mate. This is a quick, you're wasting my time. Let's just get on with it. Yeah. I don't mean that. I mean someone who's like, Ooh, Dark Destroyer, ooh, I'm so scared. You're like, you wouldn't like that person? I would. No, I think... they're taking... They're actually, you know, they are taking it at its level. I don't think it'd be seen as that, though. I think it would be seen as, oh, they're trying to, you know, have their uh, 15 minutes of fame. Fair enough. But do do you ever watch The Chase and, you know, The Chasers and think, oh, I enjoy their persona? Well, no, because they're very awkward. You you cringe when they do that. So someone go and laugh at them. Is that part of the appeal? How cringy it is. Yeah. I don't know. Because like, like I said, it has, it has a villain for you to like root against, but also like they're, they're shit villains. Yeah. You know? Well, not, who's it for? Who's that for? Like it would probably be uh, like genuinely intimidating if like Christoph Waltz was one of the, and he's like, now if you get these questions yeah. right, yeah. I'm going to come down there. Or like Malcolm Tucker. He's like, I'm going to break your fucking right. legs. That wasn't Malcolm Tucker. No. That was just a guy. <laughs> no, but who is that for? What is that artifice for? It was for the audience. But who... Does anyone actually enjoy... Like, oh, I love the banter. I love the... You know. They must do. It's like... Or is it... Old people, right? It can't be young people. Maybe old people. Young people can't genuinely watch that and go, oh, they're so... The no, governess I think, is so I think young people will watch it and go, oh, this is cringe, isn't this okay. great? I know, but for old people, it's... They just kind of enjoy the... I don't even know. The same people who don't like Simon Cowell, that kind of thing. Yeah, the people who I just instantly, just, like, they buy into... Don't understand that at all, see. No. I do not understand that. Like, not so much anymore, obviously, because it, it, he's softened. But in the early days of Pop Idol and The X Factor, like, ooh, Simon Cowell, he's nasty. Yeah. You're a grown adult. You're an adult. <laughs> why Why you think... It's not a pantomime. Young people, I get that. Because I, I I think I was pulled into that when I was yeah, young. Yeah, when yeah, you're, when you're seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, Simon Cowell. Why is Simon Cowell even allowed to judge this show? He's terrible yeah, yeah. to everyone. But yeah, I used to think that when I was that age. Like, yeah. oh, he's the baddie and, you know... She's the nice one, and then yeah. Louis no, Walsh no, is there. Louis, no, Louis Walsh is the baddie. We hate Louis Walsh. Not, not the star. Simon right. Cowell was the bastard. No, Simon Cowell is the bastard. Yeah, but we hate Louis Walsh. Well, we do. Simon Cowell is sort of the anti-hero. Like, he's, no, 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 he's the villain. No, 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 he's the bastard. Yeah. that nobody likes, but he's yeah. the one you want to impress. Whereas Louis Walsh is well, he's unlike no, yeah, he's unlikable. Yeah, he's nobody villain, likes though. Louis. He's Walsh. not the villain. He's though. the Skyler. Sure. Yeah, because he's like. Yeah, but not when he you're a kid. Do anything not wrong. when you're a kid. No. When you're a kid, Simon Cowell was the baddie, Sharon Osbourne's the goodie, and Louis Walsh is there. See, I hated Louis Walsh when I was. There, okay. was, he, there was that one interview he did. I think he went on Top Gear, and he when they were interviewing him, he was talking about like how he's a like the type of music that he's a fan of, and mm. it's like genuinely like really good music. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's not the type of music that he produces. I think he even says like Jeremy yeah. Clarkson asks him, "Well, if you like all of this music, why the fuck are you a pop producer?" And he goes, "Well, that's my job." I like that music. I like money. Generally. Yeah, I like that music yeah. at my job. Yeah. But at home, I listen to real music. That's fair enough. And after that, a... I was like, oh, I, I like you. We yeah, I've got no problem with that. Yeah. I've got no problem with that. It was yeah. a bit like, uh, it feels, a, you know. Well, it's mercenary, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But, but, you know. Yeah, but like, no, okay, actually, you know what you're on about, Louis Walsh. So whenever Simon yeah. Cowell was a, was a dick to him, yeah. I hated Simon Cowell more. Okay. Well, Louis Walsh, he's just got that vibe, isn't he, of someone who would date rape you. <laughs> I think that's the problem with Louis Walsh. Simon Cowell. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a blanket, isn't he? 
bit in of what a, sense? a wet blanket. A wet blanket. Yeah. yeah. Well, Simon Cowell, like he starts talking, he's just like, Ugh. yeah, awesome. You, you can know. see, you know, um, Scar or uh, what's the fucking Captain Hook. They're villains. You can see them coming. You know what their deal is. Yeah. But Louis Walsh is the wolf in sheep's clothing, isn't he? He's the he's the male feminist. He's the right. he's the slimy guy. It's like, oh, you know, you know that guy he was so horrible to you. I'll pick up the pieces. <laughs> he's that guy. That's he's slimy. That's what he is. He does. He looks like he's emerged from. Come, come here. Come yeah. back. Come back to my flat. <laughs> yeah, he's that guy. Yeah. Like I don't tr- I don't trust him. Okay. He's a snake in the grass. Louis right. Walsh. Simon Cowell. Yeah, bad guy. Uh, whatever. Yeah. You don't see Louis Walsh coming though. No. <laughs> with a rehypnol yeah um, yeah Sharon Osborne is just you know. well she's the replaceable one isn't she yeah she's the one they always replace yeah. I think they replaced Louis Walsh once mm-hmm. and like four episodes in they were like yeah we're bringing Louis Walsh back. <laughs> He's yeah we need Louis Walsh he brings so much to the table yeah um, you do need yeah. that though you need like the vanilla yeah the vanilla in the Neapolitan yeah 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 as we've said like Eddie <laughs> Are you acting that out? No. No, okay. He's not going to listen. He never listens to these fucking... Eddie, he let us know me, if you listen. He, he called me a fat cunt in episode 20, <laughs> knowing that I edit these podcasts. Yes. So I, like all this shit I'm saying about him, he's never going to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair the only reason, like The only reason he'll know about it is for the canon of Fun Filtered. I will have to bring this up with him. Right. Next podcast. <laughs> You're going to tell him you called him vanilla? Yeah. Okay. What's he going to do? Yeah. Okay. Are we finished with sport? I guess. We weren't I, getting I just, anywhere with sport. No. So maybe it's best just to end that conversation. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's that Mitchell, David Mitchell sketch, isn't it? Mm. It's, you know, the winners for this year at least, and indeed at most. Yeah. It, it's because, Constantly happening sport. Yeah, so yeah. it's never going to end. And mm. I don't... If you watch it to numb your mind, fair enough. But if you care, you really care that your team lost, man, you've got to find another hobby, I think. But well, that's what it is, isn't it? You care about a hobby. Yeah, but hobbies should like have some benefit to you, or well, they do. Sport does. What? What benefit does it offer? Well, you come out of sport oh, wasting time getting angry about things that don't well, matter. Well, you 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 come out of a football match thinking that you can play better than the players that are paid. Well, okay, 18 that's, million. That's some of it. Yeah, but that thing. Well, you I know, could play football better than Wayne Rooney. Like it has that, right. <laughs> that effect on people. But you wouldn't have to think that at all if you just didn't watch it in the first place. I guess. There you go. That's my. But you feel better about yourself because you think you're better than a guy who does this for a living. Right. You know. Okay. It's not a serious point I'm making. No. Don't take it seriously. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's the caring. It's the caring that eludes me. Okay. Oh fuck! They lost. Oh. Who cares? I get. That's the thing. I get why people care. Oh, that yeah. is to say that is to say that nothing you've said to me has made me go yeah it's silly that people care right it's when like there are like riots yeah and people who like you know they'll fight you because you hate the wrong team right that stuff I don't get that feels like okay, a bit you, excessive you said, you said nothing I've said has, has given any sense of why do people care mm. tell me why they do like why, why it's a good reason to care then well that's the thing Give it's, me the it's, it's just a feeling isn't it that you have yeah. It's like, I don't... Yeah, no part of me really is like, oh, yeah, it's silly. People shouldn't care about sport. No it's part like, of you is like that? Not really. Okay. Like I said, I find I find the... Um, when it's excessive... Do, do you not... I okay, do silly. you not at least acknowledge the absurdity then of getting so upset with something that ultimately doesn't really mean anything? Of really getting Like I said, when it, when it crosses a certain threshold... I'm not, talking, I'm not even talking about rioting. I'm talking about personally feeling deeply no hurt. that's my point when yeah. it crosses a certain threshold okay. 
then yes. Okay. I think that's excessive. But I think that you and I clearly have different thresholds. Yeah. But do you not acknowledge that at least then? That, that there's a, there's a re- truly caring <laughs> that your team lost this year is absurd. I mean, yes, but I feel okay. like you're pushing it to the extreme. No, I'm not. No, no, just no, for no, us no, to be no. able to meet on... No, no, you're, you're, you're apprehending truly caring as, like, being suicidal. I'm not even... When I say truly What's caring... What's suicidal? Violent. No, I'm, I'm not, Violent I'm towards I'm others. not going that far. I'm not okay. going that far. I just mean, care, like, it matters. It matters to you. Right. You are upset by it, or you are angry that the other team won. That is kind of absurd. Maybe I just don't... I can't, you know, I know it happens, but I yeah. can't picture someone being that truly invested. You know? Oh, that's just a failure of imagination then. Okay. You've said people riot. Yeah, so people that, riot. So there's a continuum. You don't think people go from blandly indifferent to riots. There's a scale <laughs> there. There's a scale. I know there's a scale. Yeah. But yeah, maybe it's just I've never really, you know. I've seen, oh, did you see the, did you see the game last night? Yeah, fucking, oh shit, wasn't it? Right. You've never I've, seen I've people. never seen someone like, you know, weeping. Well, in the I'm pub. not saying weeping. I'm not saying <laughs> they're men, aren't they? They're yeah. not going to weep that <laughs> their team lost, hmm. but they, they're going to. They might get angry about it. Okay. Bill Burr again. I used him as the example. He said that he's got to like shut the curtains. Yeah. Up. Well, Bill Burr is angry. That's what Bill Burr is. Yeah. So. But there are loads of people like that. Okay. Fine. Okay. All right. We're not going to. We're not going to. No. 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 I do find it odd though that you can't get your head there. That you can't get to that point. What point specifically? I, I'm just conceding that there's an absurdity to tr- really caring about it. No, no, I agree there's an absurdity. I oh. just think that the level that I have to get to to be right. like, right, that's absurd, okay. is a lot higher than yours. Right. Do you think it's... From abs- what you've said, okay. the, impre- the general impression is if, anyone, if is. anyone is basically above the level of, yeah. oh, that was, that, was a, that was a bit shit, Yeah. then you think that's ridiculous. I think it's that's ridiculous. That's what it sounds like based on what I've heard from you. I think it's ridiculous to personally invest in it. Okay. That's what I think is ridiculous. That's like the, the point for me where it's a bit silly. Okay. But I do realize I'm talking to a fanboy. See, now what you've done. No, no, no. It genuinely, it was, like, it, was, now, like, it was a revelation. It right. was, I'm not, this is not um, ad hominem. Okay. I just realized, yeah, because there are things. Because my next question was going to be wouldn't you acknowledge it's silly to care about Sonic a lot? Mm. But you wouldn't, because you do. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, wrong, maybe this is the wrong person to be having this conversation with. Okay. <laughs> oh god we need Eddie back we need Eddie back because <laughs> um, I don't you know I like my biggest fandoms on some level I acknowledge it's silly hmm. to really if El Camino was stamped on the legacy of Breaking Bad it would be silly to care about it really wouldn't it well it depends doesn't it yeah <laughs> but it you, would, you get my point I get your point I don't point, have yeah. that relationship with it would be, it would be, it would be fictional or, yeah it yeah. would be unfortunate because it's like I have to even though I personally will kind of like oh that doesn't count mm. it does count is the problem right like if you're introducing somebody to Breaking Bad mm-hmm. you have to say to them like oh El Camino doesn't count right even though it does count okay know? right do you see what I'm saying no I think I missed the start of that point okay say it again <laughs> you're saying that like oh if El Camino had stomped on the legacy yeah. of Breaking Bad you would have just like discounted it from your mind like oh that's not official Breaking Bad we don't have to go that far I don't have to rewatch right. it right but it is objectively, yeah, it counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On some level, I mean, I wouldn't discount it in that way. Like, no, it's it's Orwellian, didn't exist. Mm. I wouldn't rewrite history. Okay. Um, the point I'm making is that had it done that, it doesn't matter. Okay. Nothing, nothing fictional matters, really, does it? Really? Okay. Do you not agree with that? <laughs> Don't it? Like, there's a point where your obsession with something or your relation or your 
fandom for something that isn't real mm. it's like you gotta get a perspective it's not life I can't care this much about a thing that doesn't exist but what are you supposed to care about then? life your relationships with other people your job yeah but other people are involved in those things what do you mean? other people are involved in life and there are other people at your job surely it's nice just to have a thing that's like oh this is for me yeah it's a hobby yeah, yeah. it's what a hobby is yeah yeah what I'm arguing about your hobby shouldn't be the thing you care most about no but it's not wrong to care about it not saying that okay I am a fan of all these things mm. I I disproportionately spend my time and attention focusing on these things mm. and I do find myself sometimes caring about you know if the Oscar goes to the wrong person or whatever yeah but it, there's a cutoff point where I just remind myself, dude, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Right. It doesn't matter. Okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah. As entrenched as I am in these things, I know it's not as important as, you know, my health and <laughs> my career. Okay. All right. Do you disagree? No, I don't, I don't disagree with that, okay. but that's a very unfun way of looking at it, isn't it? Well, no, because you're still having the fun enjoying the thing. But you just well, have, no, you're not. You just have to have no, perspective No, because you have the fun it. and you go, oh, no, it was wrong to have the fun. No, 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 not at all. You just have to have a context for it. Okay. Yeah, it has to be in context with reality. This is this when, is. When I have th- fun, I yeah. like to not feel guilty about having fun afterwards. Generally speaking, I'm not saying that. I generally, I don't like do like I do a thing that's fun, and then I go, oh, but it doesn't matter really. Like that I don't fun do I that. had doesn't matter. Well, I don't do that. Okay. I'm. Just, all I'm saying you do a bit though that's kind of what no you're... you put it in context right if you find yourself caring that much about something you've got to go it doesn't Sonic how angry you got about the Sonic film yeah do you not after that go I, I've got to get some perspective <laughs> I'm like <laughs> it doesn't matter man I've not been wronged there's not been an injustice well, I had a bit you haven't though I have, you though. haven't <laughs> well no Sonic has been wronged right Is my, was my point okay who cares I care you shouldn't care this much. <laughs> Why? Well, that is that is an argument against being a fanboy or a fangirl, period, isn't it? It's You have a disproportionate relationship with the thing of which you're a fan. It doesn't take reality into account. That is the problem, ultimately, being a fanboy. No, I think you could be If a we're fan. getting serious about it, the problem with being a fanboy or a fangirl mm. is that you don't have a good sense of the world in relationship to the thing of which you're a fan. Not always. That's what they are by definition. No, I don't think... I think you could be a fan of something. Like, like you know... A fanboy. But I think you can still have a healthy relationship with reality. I don't. No? I think that's that's definitional. That's within the phrase fanboy or fangirl. Okay. Within the term. Right. What is the what is the distinction between a fan and a fanboy? Well, fanboy is, is a negatively charged term, isn't it? Because yeah, it's... Why? What is... What, what, okay, how think, do you it's come it? to be associated with people who are just unapologetically, like... Nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. It is just this thing and this thing only. Whereas I don't think that's... Well, how would you define it then? How do you define fan and fanboy? Well, no, I think there are gradations. I don't think there's just one level of fanboy. Okay, so what's we a casual imagine, fanboy? We imagine, like, one level of fanboy. Okay. But I think there are there are other levels. So d- describe to me the most casual fanboy. Well, someone who, like, supports... Like, someone who, like, engages in, a, in an ongoing thing. Yeah but still has, like, a, a firm grip on reality. Well, that just sounds like a fan to me. Yeah. I'm a fanboy. Okay. What's the distinction? I don't know what you're asking. I'm asking what's the distinction between a fan and a fanboy. Well, like I said, you've your fanboy is, oh, nothing else matters. Right. Yeah. But you said there are gradations. Yeah. So what is the most casual fanboy? 
Well, fan is the most casual okay, description of the fanboy. They're, they're two separate things, though, aren't they? You can't say the most casual, da- <laughs> the most casual type of fanboy is just that's a fan. The thing. It doesn't erase. It doesn't invalidate my point that there are levels of fanboy. No, it doesn't. But well, it kind of does because right. If we've got fandom on a grade, yeah, yeah, casual fan at the one end and hardcore fanboy at the other. Yeah. All right. Yes. They, you well, can there be you go. hardcore fanboy. That is implies that there are. Yes. Grades. If you grade, if you're putting fandom on a grade, right. But if you're separating into fan and fanboy. Well, no. If you if it was just like if fanboy was one notch mm. on that grade, yes. Then you would just say fanboy. You wouldn't say hardcore fanboy. No. No. But right. Okay, the gradient, the grade, yeah. is fanboy. It's fandom, sorry. It's right. fandom. Okay. It's being a fan of it. So on the one that, on the left side, you've got not a fan. Right. Right? Or actively against. Okay. Right? Anti-fan. Right. On In the, the other middle, end, you've got fan. Sure. And then at the far end, you've got hardcore fanboy. Okay. 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 Yeah, so on that grade, you've got casual fan, hardcore fan here, and right next to it, casual fanboy. Mm. Right. In which case, there is a distinction between fan and fanboy, even on the grade. Okay. But what? So what I'm asking, you said it's become negatively charged. Yes. How would you define a fan and a fanboy? What is the difference? Between well, I agree with your definition. Yes. Yeah. My point is, I don't think that the your like what you've said the fanboy is, mm-hmm. which is you know nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's it. I think you you can still be like highly invested in something, mm-hmm. but not to the like at the cost of everything else this is where we I think my, this my is point where, this is, is like, even, like, even if you consider me a Sonic fanboy yeah. there are people out there who are worse than me when it comes to their yeah. fanboyism right okay. we, we are not operating on the same level you know no but the, the difference is I'm saying for me at least the word fanboy implicit within it is a disproportionate relationship with the object of fandom. Okay. So even a casual fanboy has a disproportionate relationship with it. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. A fan is just someone who likes a thing. Yeah. When you cross over into fanboy, that means you like it too much. Okay. Even the, the most casual likes it too much. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. You can't be a fanboy at all and not like the thing too much. Okay. And that goes from, say, you with Sonic to, you know, people who will m- stab people if they criticize... The Bjork guy right okay yes he was probably like hardcore fanboy yeah hardcore yeah. fanboy yeah yeah, yeah uh, I'm not that I wouldn't no. shoot myself if the Sonic sequel is bad yes I would so, just come on this podcast and complain, and complain about, about it for two hours yeah so we're in agreement you definitely that there are uh, there's a spectrum of fanboyism yes yeah but I, I, would say, I don't think but even though it's casual one for me but if I'm going to call someone a fanboy if I'm going right. to use that word I'm going to mean you care about it too much okay well, that sounds like a you problem. No, I think what what do people mean when they say fanboy? That's what they mean. Someone who cares yeah, I know about what they much. mean, but I'm, that's my point. That's what it means. Then let's just move on. No, I, I really don't know what you're quibbling with here. Describe a fanboy to me. Drop the thing. Yeah, I did. Tell me what a fanboy is in your definition. No, we've then. done that. We're past that now. We're, we're not. We, we're we not. In, we're not in a disagreement on the definition of fanboy. So what we're in a disagreement on yes. is that. There are grades of fanboy. No, I agree to that. No, no, I'm yeah. I'm getting to it. Go there on. are grades of fanboy. Yeah. Not all of those grades are inherently negative. Okay, so right, okay. So, can... so we do disagree on the definition of fanboy then. No, we don't disagree on the definition of fanboy. Okay. Right. Okay, because I'm we, we put... have the same definition. How can we disagree on it? Because we have the same definition. Because mine has a moral there's a there's a value judgment in it. Yeah, there's a value judgment. There's with. a value judgment in mine as well, but I'm yeah. saying that that value judgment doesn't apply to every grade of fanboy. Okay, right. 
That's right. We'll start from scratch here. I'm saying this is my definition now. Okay. Right. So okay. you have to, you either agree or disagree with my definition. Okay. A fanboy, no matter where he is on the scale, yeah, cares too much about the thing of which he's a fan. That's your definition. That's my definition. Okay. He cares too much, even if he's the most casual fanboy, he still cares too much because that's what a fanboy is. Mm. That that's a value judgment. Okay. That's a negative thing to be. Mm. Too much. I mean, it's excessive. Yeah. yeah. Do you disagree with that definition? I would disagree with too much. Right. I would, it's a lot. And it's probably the thing of which they care about the most. Right. Or have like a like a strong connection to. Yeah. It'd probably be like, I don't know, um, like Turk from Scrubs. Yeah. Like obviously he loves Carla mm-hmm. and loves his daughter, mm-hmm. but he also loves JD. Mm-hmm. It's probably that relationship. Right. Like Carla is life mm-hmm. and JD is the thing of which he is a fanboy. Right. That's like... Okay, so I would we, say that's a grade. So we do disagree on definitions then, because you don't think no. that it's excessive. You don't think it's excessive. I don't think it's all excessive. No, okay, but I'm saying I, th- th- I agree that there is a level of fanboy. There are yeah. I, there are a few levels of fanboy. Yeah, which yes, it is excessive. No, we, yeah, so we disagree because I think even the bare minimum is excessive. Okay, we disagree on that. Yes, then. yes. I'm saying there, be, there is a be, there is a value judgment in yeah. fanboyism. Yes, but that value judgment doesn't extend to every grade of fanboy okay whereas I would say if I'm going to use the word fanboy mm. it's you care too much no and I accept that yes. I accept that the word fanboy yes. itself yes that is what it means that yes. is the context in which people use it yes I think that that's a little unfair because I do think that there are okay fanboys and fangirls right who are in the Turk camp where they do have things that they care about more of equal value to see I would call that person a fan they're a hardcore fan, maybe, but they're still a fan. Mm. That to me, fanboy, it is the thing. But like, if you have, a, if you have a excessive. wife that you love, yeah, and you have like Sonic, which you love equally, if you t- to your wife, well, that's what ter- the ter- you're a fanboy then. Yeah, that, that's that's what Carla, yeah, uh, JD comparison is. Do you he think, loves them equally? Do you think loving your wife and Sonic equally is healthy? Well, I don't know <laughs> if that's a thing that's possible. I'll I'm sure to, it is. I'll have to get back to you yeah, when yeah. I get a wife. I'll let you know, like, if I care. <laughs> All right, conceptually then. Okay. Do you think that's... It should maybe tip a little bit more in favor of the wife <laughs> than it does the video game? Well, not if... You know, it depends, doesn't it? If, no. If one, it you, no, it does. <laughs> it doesn't. Like, if Sonic is taking priority over the wife... Yeah. Then, okay, maybe... Yeah. Maybe I do need to have a look at my priorities. Right. But if they're getting, like, you know... If they're equal. Well, if 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 my fanboyism of Sonic is not at the expense of my marriage. Right. And my marriage is not at the expense of <laughs> my opinions of Sonic. Yeah. Then that's a pretty good balance to have, I think. Okay. Well, I have I... this thing which is mine that yeah. I love and that I care about. Yeah. And I have my wife. Right. Which is something else. Okay. Let's say it's, it becomes a choice. You somehow love these things equally, which is impossible as we both know anyway. Sure. But for the sake of this hypothetical. Okay. You love both things equally. And you have to choose between the two of them. Why is it like, choice? Because the wife's like, I'm sick of you and the Sonic thing. Right? <laughs> it's it's it. him or it's me. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. exactly. It's Sonic or it's me. Okay. What do you do? Well, I'm not going to get rid of my... I'm not going to stop liking a thing because you told me to stop liking a thing. Okay, so you choose Sonic over the wife then. No. That's, that's the choice. Not, that's not what I said. Okay, go on. What I said was... <laughs> You're playing I, secret. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would go like, right... Why Why is this a problem for you? Why do you always do this with hypotheticals? It's this a choice. What, no, but this is what a hypothetical is, isn't it? No, no, a hypothetical. We're exploring this hypothetically. 
Yeah. The situation is, unho- is unfolding. Right. You know, people say, oh, do you rather be eaten by a crocodile or for a shark? Yeah. You go, well, first, I would implement self defense measures. So well, would- of course. It doesn't matter. You've got to choose one of the two options. That's no, because, hypothetical. No, because hypotheticals, they're like, they're, you're trying to force me into making a decision. Yes. Which does not help my argument. That's what a hypothetical question is, Jordan. It is a bi- typically a binary choice. At this current moment in time, yes. I do not have an answer for you. Okay. What I'm doing yes. is trying to explore this hypothetical okay. to, to the point where I feel comfortable giving you an answer. Well, let me just say then, the fact that you cannot provide an instant answer is exhibit A, that you are indeed a fanboy. The easy a- the answer is uh, the wife comes first, obviously. Well, yeah, then you're a fan. Yeah. But we're talking about fanboys. Yeah. I asked you, what would you choose between... If your wife said it's me or the games, Yeah, what would you choose? And that's why I said... Yeah. I would ask her what her problem is. Okay. With the games. What is it about my engagement with this? It's puerile. I don't, I don't want to be with a man who plays video games. Well, why... When did you become so narrow-minded? <laughs> One of the things that I love about you when I we first up, met is that I, you seem so... Well, when we first met, we were both 19, and now we're in our 30s, and it's just a bit ridiculous. But people grow. <laughs> people grow up. People get older. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I have to sacrifice you, things that, that I like. It doesn't mean that you have to grow up. Yeah, it does. No, no, no. It, no. I didn't say that. I said it doesn't mean I have to sacrifice things that I'm, I still like. I'm the wife in this, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, when we met, we were 18. Playing video games. Oh, all we're the time. eighteen now. Nineteen then. Fine. Okay. Um, eighteen going on nineteen. Right. Sure. Uh, it was okay because that's what life was. It was playing video games, getting drunk, and all the rest of it. Okay. But we're in our thirties now, mm. and I don't want to be with a man who plays Sonic all the time. Well, here's the thing: when we were eighteen, going on nineteen, yeah, we were going out drinking all the time. Right. That is an activity that it feels like we're past. Yes. Because now that we're settling down and we're sort of living a more domestic life and right. we're thinking about having a family. Yeah, like going out getting drunk all the time that is going to interfere with my duties as a family man as yes. a father as a yeah. provider mm-hmm. whereas when it comes to video games like I'm here in the house that, no, no but like it, if I'm playing Sonic and like the baby's crying right like right okay I'll pause the game and I'll go sort out the baby it's it's just an attraction thing yes we, we got too old to go out drinking all the time and, yeah. you, and you got too old for Sonic you just haven't realised it yet no I haven't got too old for Sonic <laughs> Yeah, it's not a thing that happens. You're 35, Dennis. <laughs> Who's Dennis? <laughs> oh, sorry, that's my the lover I clearly have on the side because you can't fulfill me sexually because you're playing on the other joystick all the time. Well, maybe you should spend more time with this Dennis. <laughs> well, I will unless you give up Sonic. Well, why does it have to be a choice? Because that's the way it is. No, it doesn't. Yeah, either you're you st- the only person who thinks you- I need to make a choice here. Yeah. I'm your wife. Yeah, I'm the only one that matters in this decision. Well, we're not. We're someone not considering Sonic's feelings, are we? <laughs> no, he does. He doesn't exist, Dennis. <laughs> He's not real. <laughs> He's not real. Why can't you just? What is it that's so special about Sonic? It's fun. It's don't you get joy from me, from your friends, from your job? Yeah, I do. I also get that from Sonic. But it's taken over your life. It's not. You, it's all you do. It's not. It's all about balance. It's not about balance. If it was, if you was truly balanced, then I would feel satisfied. Okay. You spend too much too much time playing video games. I don't feel I do. Well, you wouldn't, would you? I'm the one telling you, as your wife, that you play. You spend too much time well, playing. Well, I think them. we need we need a second opinion. Quite frankly, who else could possibly have an opinion well, let's about ask this? Sonic about no, this show. He's not real. <laughs> he's not real. Okay. 
<laughs> Fanboys. Right. However casual you might be. Okay. I'm only going to use the word if you care too much about the thing. You're only going to use the word. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's how pe- that's what it means. And in fairness, no that's one, how no- I would use the word as well. Okay. But also, if someone said to me, I am a fanboy yeah. or I am a fangirl, mm-hmm. I wouldn't immediately go, oh, you're a lost cause. You care too much about the thing. Not a lost cause necessarily, but if someone said to me, I'm a, well, if someone self-described themselves as a fanboy or a fangirl, mm. I would probably consider it ironic. No one calls themselves a fanboy Either sincerely. Or, or they have like a slightly warped kind of, you know... It's like when someone says, oh, I'm such a geek. I'm such a nerd. Right. Yes. Like, well, no, you watch Marvel films. That doesn't make you a nerd. Yeah. You know? Or it's self-deprecating. Oh, I'm such a fanboy. I'm a yeah. fangirl. This- yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. If someone was described as a fanboy or a fangirl, hmm. I, would, yeah, I wouldn't write them off. But I would say, oh, that means they care too much about the thing they're a fan of. Okay. I agree that people can be fans of things. Hmm. And still have healthy lives, yeah. obviously. Yeah, everyone does. Yes, but if we're if we're saying fanboy, fangirl, to me, that means access, and I think that it does to everybody. To be fair, okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. And as I say, my my yeah, I understand the definition of like, fanboy is someone who likes something to excess. Mm-hmm. I I recognize that definition. I'm not going to argue that definition. Yes. But I do maintain that if someone said that I was a fan, that they were a fanboy, I wouldn't immediately think, "Oh, you care too much about the thing." You wouldn't. No. What would you think if someone called themselves? A well, fanboy? I think they'd like a thing a lot, just a lot. Yeah. Okay. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't immediately assume that's a bad thing. Okay. It's like, oh, your relationship with this thing is too much. That's probably where we draw the line, then. Yeah. That's where we diverge. Oh, it's, it's become very bit. clear that we have different. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I think that's clearly where we. Di- where you think there can be such things as a positive fanboy, and yeah. I don't. Yeah, I do. I think they can be good positive fans. I think if you are a fanboy, it is by it's that Steam Fry thing of like too much thing is bad for you. Of course it's bad for you, it's too much. By definition, it is excessive. Right. So that's kind of what it is for me. Okay. Um oh yeah, but I'm not like a casual fanboy. It's like, oh you know, I'm just like you know, I'm a weekend you know, murderer. I'm, I'm a weekend murderer. It's uh yeah, yeah, okay. talk about Homeland very briefly. Okay. And 24. I've been re-watching Homeland. And 24? Uh, yeah. Um, mainly Homeland. Okay. I'm on season four, which is a, like a masterpiece of a season. And it's similar to that West Wing thing of going back to it and realising how much has changed. Okay. Both Homeland and 24 had things about their early seasons um, that they felt they needed to apologise for. Okay. In 24, Jack Bauer goes around torturing everybody for information all the time. Yeah. Because there's a nuke that's about to go off or whatever. Famously. Famously. Yeah. And then in season six, I think, he went, there was like, there were trials and he went to court to testify and stuff. It's okay. Okay. Because there was a lot of backlash, you know. This is a conservative show and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Homeland, for the first four seasons, it's dealing honestly with the Middle East and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm. And then around season six, it started to feel guilty about it and started to turn its attention to uh, the far right in America and all that, that sort of thing, which is a problem. But clearly, they'd been given notes going, can you be a little bit more left yeah. like, from now on? Yeah. But this is amazing. You watch season four and there's a character in it called Sol, who is a, a seasoned a veteran of the CIA. He's briefly a director. And now he's in... He's Andy a, Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin, another well, good name. Yeah, yeah. Mininek Patinkin, Mininek, yeah. Lan- Lanningham, La- Lanningham, yeah. Landingham, Landingham. Um, 
Yeah, think of meat. That's, yeah, you get, know. The, get that ham out of the air. Yes, exactly. We've got, we, we, we got to start landing, we're landing that, that ham. ham. Yeah, Mandy Patinkin. Um, and at this point, he's working for a private security company. And he's over in Pakistan to lend support on something. And he's kidnapped by the Taliban. Hmm. And he's being used in a prisoner exchange for five, four or five Taliban soldiers, high-ranking Taliban soldiers. And he manages to escape at one point from his captors. He feigns... Well, he hangs himself. So the guy rushes in to stop him. Mm. And then, obviously, he hasn't been hanging long enough. He gets the upper hand and he kills the guy with his chain. And after he kills him, he spits on him. Oh, right. <laughs> right? Okay. It's like, ooh, yeah, mm. I like that. And then when he is on... They're on a runway as part of this prisoner exchange. And he is driven out there by the Taliban. And they leave... Uh, like a 12-year-old boy with a bomb vest next to him as insurance. Mm. Like, if he refuses to move, we'll just blow him up, right? So they've got the prisoners at one end of the runway, him at the other, and he just sits down on the ground because he refuses to be used as a pawn and he doesn't want the prisoners released. Mm. He just wants to be killed, basically. Mm. And to, to ensure that the operation kind of survives, Carrie, the main character, goes up to talk to him to convince him to stop walking. And she says, you've got to come back with me. And... He says, no, I'm staying here. She said, then, then I'm staying as well. And he says, well, then we'll both die. Mm. She says, what about the boy? Both of us, what about the boy? And he says, he says, he said his prayers. He's thinking he's going to fucking heaven. Who gives a shit? Okay. So that, that, that was, ooh, again, yeah. tasty. <laughs> Spicy. Spicy. And then eventually she says, um, well, so that makes it okay. And he says, they put the vest on him, not us. And that really resonated. Mm. Of like, you know, we don't do this shit. Yeah. Uh, and then she says, that makes it okay. This isn't who we are. Like, it's come 14 years of war and it's come to this. You asking a kid to blow you to kingdom come. And eventually she convinces him to um, to, to leave. But it's just things like that where it's um, it's genuinely incomprehensible. Mm. Like, that that would be done now. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Without bending over backwards to say, oh, but they're good, really. And He'd do it, but then he'd, like, he'd be called to trial afterwards. Yeah. So Mandy Patinkin, you've been arrested for spitting on the enemy. Yeah, yeah. How dare you? Yeah. The enemy of people, too. There's a, there's a great scene where um, he's talking with the Taliban leader, and they're kind of debating. And the Taliban leader says, oh, you kill our women and our children. And he says, you know, that's exactly what you do. Uh, your your version of Islam is perverse. You just you, you uh, you're convincing kids to put on suicide vet, you know, and he completely dresses it down. Mm. And then the Taliban leader says, you know, if Islam is to be judged by its worst, you know, uh, qualities, then we should do the same to Christianity as well. Like, would anyone be a Christian if we judged them by the worst things they did? And this is great thing. Mandy thinking just looks at him and goes, "I'm a Jew." <laughs> and the look on the Taliban leader's face, going like, "Oh." <laughs> like because obviously they hate they yeah. hate Jews um, but I thought that was a great like like I'm not even Christian mate I'm yeah. a Jew it's so well written it's so good you know the, the long how did they not the long he... lost era of 2014 I've, I've seen Mandy Patinkin how yeah. did they not know he was a Jew yeah I don't, I don't also his name is Saul Berenson you know it's oh yeah it's, <laughs> it's quite Jewy yeah um, but yeah no like rewatching season four it is just a constant um Every episode is like this little masterpiece, and it's okay. It's really good, but yeah, I get it's further lamenting, isn't it? Yeah. Further. Well, I think I think with Homeland season three just let it down for me. It did. I, I know that the show stops being four. It's a different show, right? Like it's basically a reboot. Yeah, because you've got season one and two, which yeah. are about Adrian Brody, like yeah. Adrian Brody, <laughs> uh, Nicholas Brody, Nicholas Brody. Yeah, it's about the pianist. <laughs> it's yeah, about the yeah. pianist. Yeah, 
and then three he doesn't last long in series three does he no he lasts um he lasts all of season oh three. he lasts all of but season he's barely three. in it yeah. yeah and then it's sort of kind of about the fallout of that his whole thing in season three yeah so season one is obviously is he or isn't he has or hasn't he been turned yeah the second season is he is but now he's going to work with us to bring down the the terror cell yeah um, and then he's falsely accused of planting a bomb at the end of season two. Season three is the fallout of that, trying to find the people responsible for it as he hides out in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. And then they, as part of their operation, they basically require him to come back um, and, and be used in an operation. And he ends up going to Iran where he is killed. Spoiler alert. Okay. Um, and that's Brody wrapped up. Yeah, it's all wrapped yeah. up by the end of series three. Series yeah. and season four, it's something else. Completely, yeah. And it's kind of a shame. Yeah. Because, yeah, I just couldn't get through series three. You should go back to it. Just watch, like, from season four onwards. Like, don't feel the need. I th- I've been watching it thinking, could you watch this show having seen like nothing? Like, season four is your pilot. Yeah. yeah. And you really could. Okay. It's, season four, it's a different country. It's a whole different... She has become the station chief in Afghanistan. Right. And if you're just watching it cold, the show is about a woman who's the station chief in Afghanistan. They're droning people all the time. Mm. And they accidentally, they bomb a wedding. Okay. And this kicks off an international firestorm. Mm. Uh, the station chief in Pakistan is killed. And it becomes this massive controversy. And then it's about like the internal workings of the Pakistani intelligence service and the Taliban. And yeah. it's a totally, you know, other than characters knowing each other mm. that would have met in earlier seasons, you need know nothing. I think in one episode she's um, drugged. Mm. They suss out that she takes pills for bipolar disorder and they basically give her a hallucinogen. Right. She wanders around the street basically to, to discredit her and have her sent home. Um, and she hallucinates Brody. And that's literally the only callback to okay. um, a prior season. Yeah, so good. Okay. And it ends in a... Uh, well, I won't say how it ends, but there's um, the villain of that season which is the head of the Taliban or mm. one of the heads of the Taliban um, he's one of those characters that you really want to see killed okay you know like yeah. oh I fucking hate that guy just outside of the fact that he's a Taliban leader well no he's not annoying so it's not like oh my god get that character out my face not necessarily annoying yeah. just evil like unredeemable yes again outside of the fact Th- that he's a Taliban the, leader I will kind of give a bit of a spoiler um, it, yeah it's kind of unredeemable because, yeah he's the Taliban leader he doesn't really display anything that shows him in a good light okay um, there's a character in it that we all like that he murders for yeah. no reason right okay um, he, he kind of has a knife to her throat like open the door they open the door and he just kills her anyway um, immediately after that he's shot by another character but it's in the shoulder and he's like yes he's got oh no he just got shot in the shoulder <laughs> It's that like kind of uh, you know that that pure visceral vitriol that you mm. have for some characters. Yeah, he escapes season four unharmed. You think it's going to lead up to his you know mm. bring down that guy, but because Homeland tries to deal honestly with how the world works, America cut a deal with him to like get him out of Pakistan, right? right? And he's shepherded out, and then you never see him until the final season, where he comes back as a sympathetic character. And it's amazing because in season eight, yeah, he's like this tragic fallen. Mm. He's tired of war and he's ready for peace. But there are things working against him, you know, Mm. within his own organization, within the Pakistani intelligence service. And you genuinely, you really like that character in season eight. Oh, wow. And it's amazing now going back to season four, thinking how much you want him dead. (laughs) Yes. And does he still feel like the same guy? Yeah. Okay. Just years have passed and he's a bit, he's jaded. And he's a bit like, I'm tired of all I want to go home. That's always a good test. Is does yeah. this still feel like the same character? It's it's I think I still think that um 
Ben from Lost. Oh yeah, is kind of the perfect benchmark. The greatest arc. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he is just an outright villain in series three. Yeah, and then by the end of the show, like you're happy. Yeah, like, yeah, with, yeah. with the fates that he like he ends up with yeah like you're with that character you know it reaches a point where he's sort of like there's a point I think it's series 5 maybe mm. where he sort of dips back into villainy after becoming sympathetic for yeah. a while and you're like oh no yeah no Ben no yeah, yeah. Well, I want to like you yeah um, and yeah never feels like he's changed no never feels like he's a different person he's always Ben yeah yeah it's, uh, yeah, well, in Homeland, I mean, it's different in that you don't see that arc kind of play out because mm. he's in season four, then disappears until season eight. Never even mentioned it, I don't think. But yeah, even though he's an evil bastard, he's never really sadistic until he kills that woman. Mm. He does it because she's a Muslim. And it's like, you're a Muslim killing Muslim. You're working against your own people. And he does it just, yeah, to be a bastard. Other than that, you know, even though we d- we're not on the Taliban side, it's a war and he's doing a thing that you would do in a war. Yeah. So yeah, when it comes to season eight and he's this tired, like, can we just stop with the fighting? Yeah. You get it. And you don't, you needn't have seen that fatigue set in. Mm. He's kind of recast in a way as like the, the fallen tragic. Okay. Yeah. He's the guy that wants it all to end, but then his son uh, is, you know, a virulent um, right. jihadist. Okay. I see. And so he's trying to like control elements within his own. It's great. It's really good. It's just a shame about, yeah, season three kind of sucks. Mm. Season six and seven kind of suck. Okay. But then four, five, and eight are like, they're perfect. So right. it's such a weird kind of... Yeah. Yeah. That was all I had to say about Homeland. Okay. I have a question for you, actually. Go on. I should have asked this when we were talking about Sorkin. Yeah. So it's a bit of a callback to that, but not really. Mm-hmm. Only because only that it would <laughs> only that it would have made a good segue. Okay. okay. Um, what do you think most people's image of a writer is? When people think of a writer yeah what do they see um just a writer yeah okay yeah I don't think people see anything when they think of a screenwriter no most people don't know screenwriters exist I think like you write books you make movies movies aren't actors make up the lines I think a lot of people genuinely yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. the actors yeah that's all the actors movies aren't written yeah it's not like you know it's not like a um a bigoted thing or anything like that it's like oh, writers don't need to write movies no it's just like they genuinely don't unconsidered yeah. just unconsidered so yeah um, I suppose just like a writer traditional like you know the traditional a writer in the traditional sense I suppose what do people see a person with glasses either in an off like their own office mm-hmm. or in a coffee shop typing away at a laptop okay with a with a mug of coffee okay maybe slightly messy hair okay why I'm just curious. Okay. I'm just curious what it was. I was watching this porn the other day. Sure. Uh, and there was... Um, there was a writer in it. There was a writer in it, okay. yeah. He that was writing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he wasn't he, in the porn. No, no, he wasn't in the porn. It was yeah. this... The, the, the porn was... Uh, there's this writer in his home oh. writing. Is he writing the porn? No, no, he's just writing. Oh, it's not meta. No, no, it's not, okay. it's not meta yeah. porn. Porn isn't quite there yet, <laughs> no. I don't think. We've got a couple more... I don't know. We've probably got, like a like a couple more years of porn before it starts to get too meta. Well, we've, it's like Avatar, isn't it? Like we've got the technology, we've got VR porn. Yeah, but we have the story, like the writing has. Oh no, actually, up. no. There is kind of meta porn. Yeah, there kind of is. There is. There's a couple. Um, oh, what's it called? Pure Taboo, I think, is the name of the network. Right. They've done a couple of porn videos where the 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 scenario is clearly like it's not like directly casting itself as. Oh, this is about porn, but yeah. that's clearly what it's about. If that makes sense. Okay. There's like a there's like a scene where there there are these two people who are like trapped in this cage together, mm. and there's like a camera up in the on the wall, mm-hmm. 
and that's basically it there's like oh there's also like a countdown I think the scene is called the countdown right there's like a clock that's counting down and they realise that every time they touch each other the clock stops okay so they kind of figure out oh we've got to like have sex in front of this camera right and as they're having sex they keep like looking at the cameras going is this what you fucking wanted oh, okay and like ridiculing the person watching right. them on the camera yeah like even though it's never stated this is about porn it's mm-hmm. clearly about porn you know yeah. there's a couple of others I can't quite remember the situation You're quite a connoisseur of pornography aren't you <laughs> Yes and no. I don't feel I can speak intelligently about it, really. But my relationship with pornography is I hover over a thumbnail. If it looks vaguely decent, Mm. I go, yeah, that appeals to my taste. I click on it. Well, you're not looking. Yeah, you're not. You're not looking for porn in. You're looking for porn in its like simplest, most honest. Yeah, most honest presentation. Yeah, Yeah, you're not looking for like the story. No, I just want people to fuck. (laughs) I want to watch people have sex. That's the thing. Like I can't. Like you know, you're a writer and you've studied English. You know, like storytelling. Right. So I don't know how you could watch porn. I know you don't. Yeah. Because you said you don't. But yeah. how you could watch, like, the story portion of porn. Yeah. And not, like... Enjoy it. No, no, no. Just, like, not sort of see what it's doing. All right. Like, I didn't analyze the countdown. Yeah. I saw the, I saw the story portion of the countdown. I went, <laughs> oh, that's clearly what it's doing. But you, you watch porn... It's not like a byproduct that you kind of soak up this... These, these posturing towards art. You yeah. Know? You watch it for that. Sometimes you don't even do your thing. No, 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 no. I know. I never just put it on like I'm going to watch some stories. Oh, I thought you did. No, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I. What was it? Episode three. We talked yeah. about porn. One of them. I just remember like how coy I was, <laughs> and just like you know, I was talking about like you're getting annoyed at, at all like jabbing and. Kind of there like, was oh, that, you just yeah. Gang, yeah. yeah then, no, this is serious. Yeah. Let's take this seriously. <laughs> but no, it's just like that. Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the names or like oh, right, how, yeah. like you know, back when we were, we you know, we didn't want to you know rock the boat too much on this podcast, yeah. and that's that's now gone. That's yeah. now sailed. Um, I think we said the M word on the last podcast, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, and then we go back to episode three. It's like oh, I don't want to say the porn actress's name <laughs> just in case we get in trouble for yeah. some reason. She's um, a public figure. They count, don't they? I think so. Yeah. I don't know what the yeah I don't know what the general your conduct is supposed to be with, with porn, porn actresses. actresses I think I've said off off podcast like is it okay for you to say like I'm a fan of your work that feels like <laughs> way too intimate even though like that's why I'm yeah watching you and you are like that is the intent of what you're doing is for me to watch you and do that mm. you know well it's a private thing isn't it mm. it's people doing something for your private enjoyment yes. you don't discuss it with with other people no <laughs> or with well, a podcast audience yeah. yeah no you know what I mean it's, yeah so to go up to a porn star and go I think they, their usual experience is men looking at them with vague um, yeah. recognition yeah yeah you that oh yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah I could never could never do that no like go up to one and say oh yeah big fan <laughs> yeah that's the thing I don't know whether like the novelty of well, I'm talking to a porn star would sort of carry me through that conversation. I definitely want to have a conversation with a porn star. But I, I feel bad in a way that that would be like, you know, that that would be the situation. That's like, all they are. Oh, isn't, yeah. Oh, isn't it funny that I'm talking to a porn star? It's like, but the person underneath that they've done it, though. is not getting a look in. That's, that's what they've done it. Like, it's not, you know, what what, are you, what else are you going to talk about? You're not, you haven't written a book. No, that, yeah. You that's... fucked on camera for my pleasure. <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Like, uh, the Eric Weinstein interview where he talks to... I don't remember her actual name, but it's Riley Reed. Is Riley it Ashley, Reed. Ashley something? It's Ashley something, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he talks to her. And he tried to kind of talk about it conceptually and like yeah. penetrate it as to her. 
Um, she wasn't up for it. Up to it, rather. Is the, she was up for it. She wasn't up to it. Yeah. Is that because she's just not used to it? Well, it's because she's is a porn actress and she's thick as shit. No, no, but that's the thing. Like, is it just like, oh, I wasn't expecting for us to go um, to be this analytical or to be this sort of like abstract, I guess, about porn? I don't know. Or is it that, you know, oh, I don't view myself in that. I don't view porn in that regard. He probably would have prepared her for the the kind of interview it's not going to be yeah, a Logan really, Paul yeah, it, it, it won't be like a Logan yeah, Paul yeah. where I try to fuck you on the podcast right <laughs> yeah. um, she probably just he gave her more credit than she was due like fair play to him god bless him well yeah but he tried to ask stuff and she just didn't really get what he was trying to ask really I think he's admitted as much as he said yeah. like it was, it was uh, a mismatch yeah it was a mismatch yeah. <laughs> fair you know he but tried. It's, it's still an interesting angle like you know yes and yeah, it is. I would like to have a conversation. I would love them. to have a conversation with a porn star. I'd like a frank conversation about it. But yeah. I, I couldn't could go up to one and say, yeah, I recognize you. Uh, you yeah. Know, thank oh, I you. saw you in um, <laughs> Anal Addiction. Exactly. Yeah, big fan. Oh, God, you know, actually, there is a porn, um, I don't know how old it is, called Anal Addiction. Is there? Yeah. And it's like the, the, the setup is like there's this girl. Um, it's like a mother and like these, the stepbrother and stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's the actual child. I can't mm-hmm. remember. I think it's the son. But anyway, the daughter, the stepdaughter is like she's got an anal addiction, as you know, yeah, as it were. So she's um, constantly like putting things up her butt okay. to satisfy that addiction. Yes, starts with like a dildo, and then it sort of escalates from there. Mm-hmm. And there's like they do this weird like it's only at the beginning and the end, but they do like pieces the camera. Okay, vox pops, vox pops, yeah. yeah. Um, and so she's doing this interview with the camera, and she said, I, "I caught her with like a cucumber up her butt." Right. She went, "It's terrible. I'm having to like double wash all of the cucumbers." Sure. Throw the cucumbers out. Yeah, buy new ones. Yeah. Yeah. Put them on a high shelf. Yeah, don't fucking... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah don't, don't wash them. Don't yeah. wash them. To be fair, it's, you don't eat the outside of a cucumber. Well, you kind of do. Like, you, do you? you, you chop oh, yeah, the cucumbers out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. It seems very more palatable, doesn't it? Because you're not eating it oh, like a baguette. <laughs> It's like, I because still, it's so... I, I still, oh, yeah, you wouldn't want it. It's like, it's okay. Any you know, moisture, you'd be been, suspicious This has been up your step, steps, this is ass. Don't yeah. worry, I've washed it. Yeah. I still wouldn't eat it, you know? Do you know a cucumber is 90% water? What's the other 10%? <laughs> this one's yeah. 80% water. <laughs> um, but that, the reason I asked about... The, I was alluding to the, yeah. the, the porn that the writer was in. And he was like, you know, he, kind of what you described. He had glasses. Yeah. He was like stick thin. Yeah. Um, he had like messy hair. Yeah. He had a typewriter that he was just sort of like yeah, typewriter. poking. Cigarette. Yeah. Well. Yeah, cigarettes yeah, yeah. as well. That he was, he wasn't even smoking. He was just putting it in his mouth. Yeah. Going and then taking it out. Yeah. Hemingway, Dalton Trumbo. Dalton, Brian Cranston's Trumbo. That's what you think of when you think of a writer. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah so he was like stabbing this typewriter. Yeah. Like he would rip out a page, yeah. look at it for five seconds, and then scrumple it <laughs> and throw it away and just start that typing. That Western thing where he's. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's just like. And then scrumple it up yeah. and throw it. And then, like, you know, the pizza girl comes to the door mm-hmm. and he gets the pizza. He gets the pizza off her and he just immediately slams the door. It's <laughs> not working! Yeah, it's, it's that generally sort of at- And then, like, he opens the door again because I think he has to, like, pay her a tip or something. Yeah, his tip well that uh, yeah I think yeah. the video is called more than just a tip okay um, more than a tip and then as he's like signing the paper or something she goes oh are you Marcus uh, Villeneuve Aurelius oh, okay. <laughs> Marcus Aurelius <laughs> and he just looks at her and she goes oh I'm, 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 I'm like your biggest fan I'm a fan of all your books and he just slams the door in her face again you don't read bitch <laughs> yeah. and then she comes back again for some reason and she's like oh can I use your bathroom and he goes fine then you leave alright and then she's German I think so. Okay. Or like French. Okay. 
like European pan-European yeah that's like a right that's another part of the writer mm-hmm. cliche isn't it like a pan-European yeah yeah and she goes to the bathroom and she like prepares herself and then she goes in and he's begrudgingly like oh fine <laughs> it's like I don't think this is how this situation would play out no it'd probably be closer to like that episode of Community where uh, whoever the teacher is, you know the teacher that Jeff dates in series one vaguely like with the dark hair yeah and they go to like a fancy dress thing and he just sits down and he goes please sleep with me yeah. I'm so lonely <laughs> that's how yeah. it would play out yeah if a writer met that girl you know yeah writers don't get laid no. that's just not how it works <laughs> yeah I think Louis I mean he's, you know he's a stand up as well but he said that he he put it in a show he slept with one beautiful woman once mm. like stunningly attractive woman yeah and she just cries <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. Don't blame him. Yeah. Don't blame him. Is it, is it him? It's like, you might, they might be your eight, but you're there too. Yeah, Something I think like Jim Jeffries did a joke like that as well. Yeah. It was like, it's it's the best day of yours and it's the worst day it of yours. It is, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I think another thing with, with porn, you should have a degree of shame about it, shouldn't you? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not something that you would want to discuss with people. Exactly. You know? So you wouldn't go up to a porn star because you wouldn't, you know. Yeah. It's, going before God as a Catholic and saying oh, I did this I'm sorry you know um, it's weird isn't it because there's nothing again access is a problem but mm. in and of itself I don't have a problem with porn I don't think it's ethically wrong if it's you know if it's ethically carried yeah porn can be yes um, the conduct of Exploitative porn can be and manipulative and, yes exactly yeah basically every porn documentary ever is about how right porn is morally bankrupt but because we can't vet whether each video is you know um yeah what, what's that word um f- not free trade what's, what's the word I don't know what you free- like when things are, are made proper, properly like and they haven't exploited any workers to oh free, free range no not free range organic no kind of yeah what's the word for it I don't know I, I don't quite know is free trade the word the term yeah I feel like that's yeah free trade hang yeah on. free trade that just feels like a capitalism thing Free, yeah, for like free trade coffee and yeah, is it free trade? Yeah, no one was harmed in the making of this coffee or the the harvesting of this coffee. Free trade coffee, fair trade, fair trade, sorry, fair trade, yeah. Fair trade. yeah, yeah. You can't bet whether porn is fair trade porn, so you just have to hope. <laughs> like, oh, I hope she wasn't exposed. There was one, yeah. There was another video I saw. I've seen many videos. I'm sure you have. Well, I, most people have. I feel well, like it's yeah. fair. I feel like it's fair to say that if you've watched porn, you've seen many videos. You know. Well, unless you're starting out. I mean, I think few have the catalogue to mind as readily as you do. Yes. Which just so happens that you're saying things like, oh, that reminds me of this thing. Yeah. But yeah, there was like... Does a- everything... It's like all roads lead to porn for you. Like everything, <laughs> ultimately, the conversation will steer back to pornography. No. No? No, okay. no, no. no. Um, but no, there was a porn where it was a bit rough. Right. By design. That was the nature of the scene. Oh, yes. Um, and then, like, at the end of the video, they tag on this bit where it's, um, like, the cameraman, or the director, I think it is, is talking to the actors involved. In hospital beds. <laughs> no. No, they're just, like, in the kitchen, and they're like, right. uh, what's your performance name? And they say their performance name. And they're like, were you raped? No. Like, okay. like they, they're sort of, right. like, uh, this is the sort of, like, proof, if were you Were you raped? Yeah. During the making of the scene, were you raped at any point? And they were like, no. What does that mean? Well, like I said, it, it was a rough scene. And I think yeah. the, I think the nature of the scene was like the, that, the, the premise was, of the scene was like the girl. It was a fantasy. It was a rape fantasy, kind of. Not not like a rape fantasy, but the girl wasn't immediately like you know on board. Really? With the, yeah. Okay, so there was a bit of I see. That's weird, though, isn't it? Well, it was. It's it took me by surprise. Yeah. 
were you raped at all during the scene? Yeah, there was a third question. I can't remember what the third question was. It, was it, were you manipulated? Were you exploited to be in the scene? Maybe. Was your self-esteem lines. targeted by us? To, <laughs> don't ask like that, that, are they? No. Was, was your father a good father? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that's the only time I've ever seen that, where they've, like, tagged on. I've seen it where they've, like... Like, the scene has ended, but they've kind of kept recording. Mm. So, like, they're out of character now, and it's kind of like, you know... Oh, I think that went well. I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. But I've never seen them, like, add an addendum where it's like, were you raped? Like, yeah. do you give permission for us to use yeah. this footage? That took me by surprise. Is that their version of fair trade? Maybe. But surely that would be more common practice, you know? It's a bit of a boner killer. Well, I mean, that was... <laughs> it was at the it was after the video yeah. ended. So presumably by that point, you're done with it. You are, but it's like, it's a weird accompaniment, isn't it? A weird overture to that shame and guilt that you feel after yeah. you're done, <laughs> yeah. after you climax, to have, like, oh, now we're doing the paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the admin of cleaning up after yourself. Well, that's, that's pro- weird. Probably, that's probably, like, as you are cleaning up after yourself, that's playing in the background. Does anyone get to that? make you feel better, they, I guess? They, they come, and yeah. then they go, oh, I'll just wait to see if it was cool. All cool. <laughs> you wait, no, all right, okay. I can go on my day. Oh, now I feel terrible yeah. about what I've done. Weird. Yeah. Put at the start. And again, it's like not the most, it's not the best aphrodisiac. No, you you, you got to, you know, it's hardly a cold open, a worthy cold open, is it? No, but just put like, there should be a, you know. Uh, like as it's happening, just the words at the bottom of the screen, this woman is not being raped. <laughs> yeah, like flashing <laughs> across. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a, yeah, like a, an advert. Um, there should be little logos. The, um, what are they called? The enter the, is it enter the void? Where it has those like flashy, like, yeah, like opening credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah like, like neon. Yeah, neon, yeah. like, this woman is not being raped. Yeah. <laughs> or Brassite. Yes. This woman is not, not being, being raped. raped. And it's, like, yeah. all over the screen yeah. and constantly cutting about. Or just, like, yeah, like, subliminal inserts. Just yeah. flashing up. <laughs> yeah. Not rape, not rape. Um, no, they just have little logos they put at the start. You know, on the back of DVDs you had contains nudity and violence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like, not rape. Yeah. You know, not exploitation, equal pay. <laughs> and then just yeah so you just get the logo what do you it's like, do good okay yeah. what if you do if you get like the rape logo like this is this this uh, porno contains rape I feel like they wouldn't put that on I don't know you just wouldn't you wouldn't put... find it on conventional channels obviously no. but I'm this definitely you're looking for it. we can't like there is definitely rape porn out there f- like actual rape yeah um yeah that, like that's probably like you know deep web shit yeah. you're not gonna find that on Pornhub no but there is definitely like you know well yeah I mean there are videos there. of children getting molested and stuff. yes um, Thankfully, I've never encountered anything of, like, of that sort. I haven't. I mean, I wouldn't. You know, there, there are no. Things- but that's the thing. Like you, you know, as you're kind of because you don't go looking for porn. You go to a site and then you just like yeah, you browse. You browse. Yeah. Through browsing, I've never encountered that that stuff. No, 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 no. Yeah, that stuff wouldn't be on there. Yeah. I mean, there are things on the internet that I have watched because I knew they were going to be deeply upsetting. Mm. Uh, beheadings, things like that. Do you know what I saw? Um, a video of a deer getting like shredded in the landing gear of a plane. Okay. Not shredded, but like the plane lands. <laughs> it's actually quite a funny video because okay. the plane lands. Yeah. And there's like it's filmed from inside the plane, it's and there's like his mum. <laughs> there's like smooth jazz playing. Right. So the plane lands. It's going across the runway. You don't see the deer. Just all of a sudden, you you hear this like crunch, and just red like exploding out guts exploding out of the back back right. of a of the landing gear okay and then the saxophone on the soundtrack goes <laughs> burr, 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 burr. So, okay did like you the jazz that? picks yeah. up as the deer explodes it's like why did you watch that video it was recommended to me by YouTube oh it's on YouTube yeah but there is there is stuff like that yeah there, YouTube, I mean there are know? people dying on YouTube yeah I have seen people killed on YouTube but yeah, it's yeah. never like 
it's always vaguely kosher. It's not. It's, it's never that graphic. Yeah. I've seen three, I think, that spring to mind. Well, four. Um, well, like with that video, again, like it's it's graphic in the sense that you see something animal. exploding. Yeah. But like you could have said, oh, it was a bird. Yeah. And I, you don't see the animal before it gets you don't. exploded. Okay, you don't actually see the thing happen. It's moving too quickly. Okay. But you see the result, which you is this spray. red spray and stuff coming out I've of I've seen one guy get shot with a shotgun at point blank range. Right. But it's on CCTV, so it's not very clear. Okay. That's probably the most graphic. Mm. You see his body slightly move and then just a massive puddle of blood instantly. Right. That one was bad. I've seen a guy have a, a, a I think a, a stroke or an aneurysm where his eyes roll into the back of his head. Okay. Um, I've seen the, the Bjork guy kill himself. Mm. Um, but again, you don't really see that. Mm. It's more the sound of it. Um, and I've seen the dude jump off the Eiffel Tower, but that's yeah. like from a distance. Yeah, yeah. That's on YouTube. I've seen much more <laughs> off YouTube <laughs> because I don't know. It's like a weird. It's that morbid fascination thing, mm. and a sense that I should. I don't know why. Okay. I do feel something of an obligation to well, watch. Well, they put this there, so I should probably engage with Things it. Things like ISIS beheading videos. I feel a weird obligation to see that they are doing this. Okay. Like, there is this bad. I need to acknowledge that this evil exists. I've got to look it in the face. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't enjoy it. You know what I mean? It's like Mark Herman yeah, says. No, yeah, if you said that, like, oh, I, I, I you know, I unwind with a few ISIS beheading yeah. videos, I'd be a bit worried. Kermode said a really interesting thing. Um, uh, in response to people criticizing horror films for being... Uh, sadistic. He said horror films aren't sadistic, they're masochistic. You watch them because you it's an unpleasant experience for you. Mm. You don't watch it to enjoy other people getting uh, yeah. being afflicted with pain. Yeah. It's the same thing. Watching those things is a masochistic exercise. I yeah, but I would not, I couldn't watch I don't think a rape video. No. And I couldn't watch a child. The reason I I mean you brought it up to be fair. Uh but okay. <laughs> I was listening to a Sam Harris podcast where he was talking to a New York Times reporter mm. who's been researching uh the exploitation of children, the sexual exploitation of children. Um and he's talked about videos that he's watched. Mm. Um so that stuff is out there kind of. But that is one thing that I'm not going to Yeah. Um I couldn't. But that's just Well, there's no kind of Yeah, there's nothing redeeming about it really, is there? Well, it's not just that it's it, like, I, it's I, too I, sickening. Yeah, it's, I don't I, know if this is a conversation we've had on podcast. We've yeah. certainly had it off podcast, but we've debated what's the worst crime, murder or rape, mm. haven't we? And my position was um, rape is worse mm. because there is no situation where rape is acceptable. Yeah, there is a, there can you can at least contrive a situation where you can go, okay, I understand why you murdered. Yeah. There's no situation where you could go, yeah, all right, I can understand why you raped. It's weird. That never, you can't, there's just never, there's, it's never okay. It's Same never with justified. children. It's just never yeah. okay, you know? I don't disagree with you, mm. but I think it's kind of an, an intuition thing. I think that murder is worse. Rape feels worse. Mm. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I agree with that logic of it, it can never be justified, whereas murder, well, murder, that's a value in and of itself. It's not manslaughter or yes murder is its own but like murder it's like oh the, like you know this person the world is better off with this person not being well you can understand it. murder I think it's easy to yeah, understand yourself yeah. being capable of it yes in the right circumstances it's harder to imagine yourself being able to rape somebody mm. I think that's part of the reason um, it's viscerally it depends on how you kill the person but it's viscerally worse mm-hmm. you know in your imagination it's just worse but I think yeah murder is a, a worse thing to do because you're, you know, a rape survivor, 
can get over it. Survives. Survives. Yeah. You're robbing the person you kill of everything. Any yes. experience they could, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there are many rape survivors who would say, I'd rather he killed me. So... There are those those people are out there, definitely. Oh, yeah, sure. But, yeah. Well, I, thank I, God I, I'm I, alive. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got I, t- I, take, I take your point, but, like, you yeah. know... Yes, there are situations in which... There's no situation where rape is okay, but you take more from someone that you murder. Everything. Yeah. It's the most selfish thing yeah, you can the do. Per- the person who gets murdered loses more than the person who gets raped. Yeah. What Obviously was not in? to diminish. No, no. You know. That was in a TV show or a film or something where they talked about murder as the most selfish thing you can do. I'd say rape is the most selfish thing you can no, do. No, no, no. This is in a TV show. Okay. Because it, maybe it's a serial killer or something. Because rape services no one but you, right? No one well, else yes. benefits from the rape. No, no, no. People can benefit from, from a murder. Yeah, m- murder is conditional, isn't it? Whereas yeah. rape, it's always not good. Yeah. What if you... Like a serial killer, it feels like, saying murder is the most selfish thing you can do, so I allow a certain thing to happen. Okay. It might be Dexter or something. You're already watching that at the moment. Yeah, I haven't encountered that. If it isn't Dexter, I haven't yeah. encountered it yet. What season are you on? I'm, I think, maybe halfway through series three. It's not three, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we we a bit of a delay. Okay. But yeah, I'm still halfway through series three. It's still good. Let me know if it comes up. Oh, yeah. It's, it's still very good. It's going to get bad. No, I know that. Yeah. Um, but for now, it's still Yeah, good. it was always good. Yeah, you, you missed it, unfortunately. You came in at the wrong place. But it always feels... they. It feels like um, they've always... You know, and, until series five, I'm talking purely about the first three seasons at this point, it feels like they're always able to find a new interesting angle yeah. to approach Dexter yes. at. Like the first series, it's um, someone who's a better serial killer than him. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that they're related. The second series is... Oh god, what was the second series? Second series is being um, hunted by dogs, and it's the the bunny boiler. Yeah, yeah. So the law yeah. is kind of against him in yeah. in a certain respect, and yeah, he's being tested in his personal life. His fidelity, his fidelity yeah. is being tested. Yeah, and then the third series, um, he's sort of being manipulated into being a vigilante. I can't really remember much of that. I know it's um, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. I know yeah. he kills someone at the start of the season. It's his brother or something. Yeah, he kills Jimmy Smith's brother. Yeah. Then Dexter kills. The person that everyone thinks kills Jimmy Smith's brother, yeah. But Jimmy Smith witnesses the aftermath, okay, and figures out that Dexter is a killer, right? And then he starts to kind of manipulate Dexter, yeah, into being a vigilante for okay. him. Okay. It's like I'm, you know, you are delivering justice that I could never deliver, Dexter. Yes. We're going to work together, okay. So it's this like civilian, basically. I mean, he's in law enforcement, but he's the civilian that's kind of using Dexter, yes. And then I haven't got to Trinity yet, but I know that that's considered like the holy grail of... Yeah. Well, that that's kind of... He's the most um, prolific serial killer, I think, that they've encountered. Yeah. There's like, he's been going like, for like 30 years 30 years. There's like cycles he goes through, right? Yeah. Cycles. The he same kills, cycle. He kills in threes. That's why he's called Trinity. Well, you've seen it, right? Like the end. I won't spoil it for you then. Yeah. Don't spoil okay, it. I, okay. I've seen the end of that season, but yeah. I don't know okay. the stuff that comes before okay. it. Um, yes. He kills in, in, in cycles and... Uh, he's led uh, a domestic life for all that time as well. So Dexter finds out who he is, mm. plans to kill him, but then sees he can learn from him. Yeah. But how do you balance your work life? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um, and then, did you ever see the Thanksgiving episode? I have no idea. Because that for me is the peak of Dexter, is that he goes over his house for Thanksgiving. Okay. And that's all I'll say. There's something about like those kinds of episodes in TV shows, isn't it? I always remember the episode of Breaking Bad where Jesse goes over for dinner. <laughs> that's not even like the episode no it's not the episode it's a scene of yeah. an episode 
but that always sticks out in my mind just the, them around the dinner table yeah the awkward yeah yeah. <laughs> you know there's because uh, it's John Lithgow you know and I think what what I think a lot of people knew him from Third Rock from the Sun yeah I think that was his I think that was kind of his Breaking Bad not to the same yeah. degree but like before Breaking Bad everyone knew Brian Cranston as Hal Hal yeah and then he became Walter White. He's like, oh shit, he can do that. Yeah. Similar thing with John Lithgow. Definitely. Like, oh that, shit, you can be like this horrible man. That was his thing. Because, uh, I mean, where do you know him from prior to... I mean, I knew he was the voice of Lord Farquaad. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Uh, and I like Cliffhanger. Those are the two things. Okay. Seen, which no, he plays a villain, but it's a pantomime villain. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's not a problem. You stupid fucking bastard. What's the... Um, <laughs> his second in command, the one who should have been the villain. Travers. Travers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's his name? What's the Sylvester Sloan's character's name in that? It's Gabe not... Walker. Walker! Yeah. Walker! Walker! Yeah, Shooting <laughs> the rabbit. rabbit. <laughs> and missing. Yeah, he, he didn't even hit the rabbit. The, rabbit yeah. Yeah. the rabbit's not moving. It's just kind of yeah, there. Yeah. It just kind of ambles off. Yeah. Uh, such <laughs> underrated. Have we ever talked about that on the podcast? I don't think so. Because that underrated. was a fairly recent rewatch for both of us, wasn't it? We'll wrap up Lithgow quickly. Um, yeah, because there's a scene in that, in the Thanksgiving episode, hmm. where... It's basically you start to see the fractures of maybe it's not perfect. Yeah. As perfect as it seems. And his wife says something and he just goes, shut up, cunt. Right. Like that and it's, ooh. You, it's like you've been punched in the stomach yeah. when he says that. And I guess if you knew him from Third Rock from the Sun, it truly would be John Lithgow. <laughs> <laughs> what are you who doing? Who is the simplester? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's fantastic in that. Okay. He's I look for, like, genuinely, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, yeah. Because um, he, when, he when he kills people, he the cycle is based on... Uh, trauma from his childhood mm. and when he reenacts restages those set pieces he uh, becomes a child again right um, so yeah it's creepy as fuck it's, yeah. it's great okay. it's great uh, yeah Cliffhanger uh, we rewatched it well you watched it for the first time properly yeah properly last year something like that yeah it's good isn't it it's um it's uh, there's a really really good film in Cliffhanger. That that's the problem. Yeah. It's, if only the film done itself is not great. No. But with minor tweaks. Yeah. Not even major like minor tweaks. It could have been something really good. We went through a period of watching kind of eighties and nineties action films that I had seen growing up. Yeah. So like you know Commando, Commando Eraser, Eraser, uh, stuff like that, and it was interesting. What was the other one the ice? Oh, there was loads. But like the ice hockey one, yeah, sudden impact, sudden death. It is yeah, sudden death. Yeah. Yeah, and you watch it and you think expecting schlock you know and it mostly is but then it's kind of an interesting exercise to watch them and think they're, they're almost a good film like what could have been yeah. done to make them Cliffhanger was probably the closest I think yeah because it wasn't because um, that's sort of the I know that a lot of the films they're like cops yeah or they're like special forces yeah so whenever they do like the action movie fighting thing yeah it, ma- it kind of makes sense it kind of makes sense yeah but Sylvester Stallone plays a like a rock climber a rock climber he's a mountain rescue kind of guy and he doesn't do the Sylvester Stallone thing. There's like one moment really. where he picks a guy up and impales him on a stalactite yes. or stalagmite? A stalactite. And it's tight. Tight yeah. is coming, okay, from yeah. the ceiling. Yeah, he impales him on that. That's a yeah. bit like action hero, yeah. super strength. Yeah. But other than that, he's yeah. not a proficient fighter, really. No, he fights Lithgow, but it's Lithgow, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. He fights Lithgow at the end. It doesn't he, feel he like... He throws some badass one-liners out there. Yeah, but... it doesn't feel like the action is taking place in a separate movie. It makes sense yeah. for the character that he's playing. Well, he's, you know, he's he's a built guy because he's a rock climber. Yeah. So it does kind of... An and that makes sense as well, yeah. 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 Starts off with a genuinely harrowing scene, yeah. which I, for, like, forgot how harrowing it was. Genuinely, like, even though it's an action movie cliche the wife is killed or whatever. It's like upsetting. <laughs> like that scene is... Well, you don't expect ugh. it. I, yeah, I think because you see, not her death, but 
her face as she falls. Yeah, but of... also, um, oh, they're not going to kill her off. Should we say what it is? I mean, it is the first scene. So. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about Cliffhanger freely, can't we? Yeah, it's 1993, right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, little spoilers for Cliffhanger. Um, they're remaking it, actually, aren't they? With a oh, woman lead. Oh, yeah. I think in the news, right, that, you know, when they, uh, they said they were going to remake it, they said it's going to be a female lead and Jason Momoa is going to cameo. That was their thing. Cameo? Yeah, cameo. Okay. That's a weird bit of news to in the first round of... Yeah. So he's just going to pop up. It's not like he's a famous rock climber, even. No. He's just like an actor that's was, big. Yeah, he's constantly... That's going to pop up. He's it. the guy you cast in the reboot. Yeah, if you, yes. Or if you're going to remake it, and one of the first bits of news is a cameo, it's Sylvester Stallone is going to cameo. Yeah, exactly. Or Someone from... Oh, yeah. um, what's his name? Michael Rooker? Yeah, he's he's going to cameo. cameo. Yeah. But not just this actor who's got nothing to do with the franchise or the subject that it's about. <laughs> um, was he... Um, was Aquaman out at the time? Might have been, yeah. It must be because of that. Yeah, just maybe. like he was big news at the time. Yeah, and now people are like, oh, Jason Momoa, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so cliffhanger is uh, about. I'll just describe the first scene. Okay. Don't quite remember the first scene. If okay. I'm honest, I remember that, that is the, the first. Scene. I remember the conclusion of the first scene. Okay. Well, she falls. <laughs> she, <laughs> well, you, you, will, you will do a better job. Okay. Okay. Michael Rucker plays uh, a mountain rescue guy. Hmm. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's best friend. And Michael Rooker and his girlfriend um, have climbed up a mountain and now they can't get down. Mm. And so Stallone and his girlfriend and the pilot come to their rescue. It's all bantery, like, hey, you dipshit, you got, you know, yeah. stuck on this rock. They're not repelling, what do you call it? Like, going across on the wire. They kind of... Rope, yeah, kind of... They kind of harnessed up to a, a horizontal wire. It's not ziplining, is it? Because you, yeah, you... It is a zipline, but yeah. But like, but ziplining, you move quickly, whereas they're yeah. sort of pulling themselves Pull, across. Yeah, like winching yeah. their way across. Um, and yeah, the, the harness breaks, and then Stallone has to grab onto Rooker's girlfriend, mm. and then her glove slowly uh, comes off in his hand, and she yeah. falls to her death. And I don't know, this is something... Again, it's a cliche, but the way it's presented is so visceral and horrible it's yeah. the scream and like because it's slowly happening the glove is slowly but coming the, I off think, I think because it happens so slowly yeah your natural inclination is to go oh this is building tension yeah but that's only because they're not actually going to kill her so the tension is to replace the shock of her yeah. di- oh shit she died she died yeah yeah. so she dies and then it's like a couple of years later Stallone is guilty and has given up the job and mm. uh, Rucker hates him now and he's broken up with his girlfriend I think with Jesse I think I know and then, meanwhile... Stallone has broken up with his girlfriend. Yes. Michael Rooker didn't break up no, with his no, girlfriend. No, no, yes. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> his girlfriend he, he broke did up in the harshest impact. way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Shattered. <laughs> um, so I think of that deer now. Uh, <laughs> I'll show you the video after we... Oh, finish. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's, I think it's a couple of years later, months or whatever, you know, time has passed. Uh, and then a treasury plane is transporting hefty sums of money. Mm-hmm. And a corrupt agent has teamed up with a bunch of not terror, they're, they're robbers, basically they're high class robbers, kind of, yeah, um, led by John Lithgow, yes, and travels doing it, doing a British accent, yeah, but really badly. Why? Because because villains are British. Is it genuinely just? I think. That? It, what else could it be? Okay, Eric Quaylen is his name. Uh, yeah. Fuck you, Quaylen. <laughs> and Travers is the, the the corrupt agent who's kind of like the number two. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they. It's kind of the Dark Knight Rises kind of opening, isn't it? Where they hook up to the plane and they yes. steal... Yeah. yeah, yeah. They steal all the money. 
But in transit, the rope breaks and all the money tumbles into the Rockies. Yeah. The Rocky Mountain. So they crash land the plane and then they need someone with mountain expertise to guide them to their um, loot Mm. because there are trackers on each briefcase. But they don't know how to get there. Mm. And so they call for rescue, for help. And Stallone goes up to help them. Is taken as their prisoner, as well as Michael Rooker. He breaks away. Stallone breaks away. And then begins the process of trying to uh, outrun them for yeah. the money. Killing them off sort of one by one. Mm. And it's just really good. It's just really fun. Yeah. And like you said, he's not really... An, he is an action hero, but it's there's an internal logic to it. Yeah, they've kind of toned it down enough yeah. So that you can believe, like, yeah, this this is just a rock climber defending himself. Each death is unique, you yeah. know. Every villain gets their who's own. The, who's the football henchman? Uh Delmar, his name is. Oh right. Yeah. Craig Fairbrass. Yeah. The actor. Yeah, there's a villain who kinda like they set up a right not a rivalry, like an animosity between Michael Rooker's character, Hal, and one of the thieves. Yeah. Who just you know, they do that in films. Like for some reason this villain in particular. Well just give him something to do. Yeah, yeah. You know? And he's a cockney fella. He likes, he likes football. Yeah, he's he's given license to kill Hal, finally. Yeah. He's left alone with him. And he decides he's just going to enact a football metaphor. A penalty. <laughs> yeah, a penalty. He's going to penalty Michael Rooker off, off the cliff. cliff. <laughs> yeah, whilst like narrating it like a commentator. Yeah. And he goes up for the ball, and he runs, and he kicks... Oh, it's just so bad, but good. Um, what does Michael Rooker... Does he trip him up, or does he kind of like dodge out of the way and then pull him off the cliff? So he kicks Michael Rooker off the cliff. Okay. And he kind of holds on um, onto a rock. And then I think Delmar has a knife in his boot. Hmm. So Michael Rooker gets a knife and stabs him through the leg. And he hunches over in pain. Yeah. And he grabs a shotgun off his back as he hunches and says, Season's over, asshole! And then shoots him <laughs> with a shotgun and he falls <laughs> off the cliff. That's great. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um... But Travers is the best thing about. Oh, he's brilliant. He's just so beta. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what's. That's kind of what is brilliant about him. Yeah, he should have been the villain basically. Yeah, because he's much more interesting. Quaylen is just a villain, a, a fairly competent, sadistic sort of sadistic. Well, he's kind of the brains, isn't he? So yeah, he doesn't actually do anything. No, he's just the boss. Yeah, uh, and Travers is like the inside guy who uh, feels kind of emasculated and at odds with Quaylen. Yeah. Because Quentin thinks he's a joke, basically, doesn't he? Yeah. And yeah, Travis is he's kind of bald, but with a bit of hair on the side. Yeah. Uh, Moustache, no beard. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. And it's quite a big guy, fairly portly. Mm. And yeah, just an air, like red-faced, at every turn just falls flat on his face. And just gets increasingly agitated and annoyed with Stallone's character. And yeah, he's much more interesting because he's, you know... Stallone, like we said, is an action hero, but isn't. Mm. Travis would be a good villain that kind of is incompetent in a way that yeah and also like frustrated Quaylen is invested in what's happening purely because he wants the money yeah whereas what's his name Travers Travers yeah oh <laughs> you oh, can't even remember I feel name. bad for him I know I can't remember he's his name he's dead okay um, but yeah he, he turns on his because he's the inside guy so he turns on the government yeah to steal the money so yeah. he's got legitimate grievances at play yeah he's not just greedy yeah and like the, the denouement with him is he's finally like kind of left on his own a hunting walker mm. with a tracker but walker's put the track on a rabbit yeah and then just his <laughs> he's falling over in the snow yeah and he's like shooting at the rabbit has he been beaten up by this point no he hasn't, no, he hasn't been beaten up. okay and he's just losing it isn't he like fucking walker where are you god damn it walker yeah um and then he's just summarily executed 
uh, by Stallone and by Mike they both kill him yeah they simultaneously kill him which that feels like the way you kill the final villain isn't it yeah like, working together yeah Michael Rooker and Sylvester Stallone put the differences aside to yeah. kill the big bad guy yeah and it's not even that it's not even that but it, it, it depends what version you watch because some of uh, some versions are edited because it's so violent mm. Stallone is under the ice shirtless um, yeah, okay. yeah alright okay and Travis still, is kind of like it's still like the 90s you know yeah yeah Travis is kind of stalking him under the ice and like reloading his gun like haha I'm gonna kill you now mm. then Sloan just draws a gun from nowhere shoots through the ice it hits Travis whilst Michael Rooker who's found him shoots him with a shotgun <laughs> so he's kind of simultaneously and he just falls through the ice yeah. and disappears up the river mm. it's great but then you also have just John Lithgow there yeah then again they get to fight him on a helicopter yeah. that's hanging off the side of the plane <laughs> on the bottom of a helicopter yeah, exactly. that's turned upside down yeah, yeah. We recommend Cliffhanger. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Like, it's sort of... As, like, a bad action movie from yeah. that era, it's definitely, like, one of the best. Yeah. It's so tier. good that it's, like, almost... It's almost good. It's almost good. Yeah. That's how good it is, yeah. you know? Like I said, each villain gets a unique kind of colourful death. And that's... Re- if you're watching an action film or a horror film, if nothing else, you just want good deaths, don't you? You oh, want absolutely. cool kills. Yeah, yeah. And it, it does that in spades. Um... Should we talk about the Batman trailer? Yes, we'll yeah. move on to that. Okay. In our new segment, um, consume or die. Assume. Consume or assume. Assume. Is like that an shoe- thing? You, no, you're shooing it. Okay. Assume. Ash- yeah, a shoe. A shoe. Consume oh. or a shoe. Okay, I thought you were doing a pun. Yeah, a shoe. I was trying to. Okay. But now I've learned that the word doesn't work as a pun. <laughs> so now we're stuck with consume what? or assume. Are a you shoe. trying to make a pun out of a shoe or assume? Well, no, consume or. A word that is sounds like consume but means the opposite. Right. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't quite work. Then. No. It is a shoe. It ends okay. with a W. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sucked. That's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're building up to the Batman trailer, but there are there is other DC news that I feel we should just briefly acknowledge. Sure. So Justice League Snyder uh, Schneider cut. Schneider cut. That is an Eddie thing. Yeah. The Schneider cut trailer was yeah. released. I haven't seen that. Um, I saw it. The, I don't know whether it's just me. There's just this air of smugness around the trailer that I couldn't shake. Right. They play uh, like a super low energy cover of Alleluia. Is it the is the original? No. Is the original? Okay. I don't think so. It okay. sounds too like grimy. Okay, for to be the original, I could be wrong. Is um, that guy singing like? Oh, there was a secret chord. Oh, maybe David. That is the original, if that's the case. Okay, I don't know. Leonard Cohen. I don't know. Okay, um, but yeah, they're playing that, and there's. there's there's a couple of shots in there that are clearly like from the original trailer uh. that never made it into the final film. But there's also just a lot of, you know, we see Superman and we see there's genuinely nothing in the trailer that seems to be from the original film. Mm-hmm. Or the film, you know, the film that came out. Uh, there's like a scene where like they're, you know, gearing up to fight the main villain, mm-hmm. but the background is entirely different to what ended up in the final version. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it could have just been me, but I, I felt that there was there was a smugness around that trailer. Okay. It's like, oh, look at this. This is the proper Justice League. I've been reading up a little bit on uh, modes of um, modes of like convincing, basically, of okay. argument. So you've got pathos, logos, these Greek things, right? Mm. And pathos is trying to win an argument or convince somebody with emotion, mm. right? And I would argue a bad way of yes. convincing somebody. Yeah. I think that... Let's let's just let's use the logos in this. People are just being nice to Zack Snyder because his daughter killed herself. Is it? Because 
I don't get nobody was nice to him before that well no his films suck Zack Snyder your films suck but a lot of people I'm don't not think gonna that. let your daughter's tragic death stop me from saying that you are a terrible filmmaker well clearly yeah clearly you're not going yeah. to but there are a lot of people who genuinely like him and think he's a good filmmaker who people who but that's the thing we don't know any of these people but who there are, are these there. people they're like, clearly like, active. well DC fans okay DC fans there are, there are a lot of people who when DC started to go in a lighter direction yeah they kind of rallied against that it's like oh no it's corrupting Zack Snyder's vision of this universe which is a vision now which is now being reinstated by the new Justice League yeah but it's being contradicted by Suicide Squad I don't think anyone knows what's happening with all that stuff no because I know the Batman isn't part of that. No, that's completely universe. its own thing. So what the fuck is going on? Because they're they they new raft of films. It looks like they are reforming themselves. Yeah, everyone liked Wonder Woman anyway. Yeah, people are gonna like the sequel. We'll talk about the Batman, the Suicide Squad. People are gonna like. Um, yes, it's it's gonna be another Guardians, but it's gonna be a DC Guardians. Yeah, um, they're reforming their image, and also Snyder gets a a cut, his own cut. But that, yeah, the way it's being celebrated, I don't... Okay, in the sense of it was the original filmmaker, let's let him do his thing. It's interesting in that regard, because this is not... You know, people when when the Sonic redesign occurred, everyone was like, oh, we've never really seen this sort of thing before. Mm. This is definitely the new version of that. I don't think there's ever been, like, an official... Like, this is the original... The guy who originally... His original vision for this film, that's now being done yeah that is now out there yeah and we're putting it alongside the original film it's right I mean you get director's cuts and stuff but this isn't a director's cut this is just a new version a new version well because in tandem with this has been a lot of criticism uh, leveled to Joss Whedon there's been reports about how he behaved on set I don't really know anything about that I don't it's more the the Whedon hate now people say oh you you sucked anyway compared to Zack Snyder yeah like think of what you want about the Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron like they're pretty well well, well the Avengers is pretty well written yeah well the Avengers is uh, still highly regarded the Avengers is well written um, Buffy is great yeah he's a good writer like people love uh, Firefly I think a lot of people I think people are fatigued with Joss Whedon mm-hmm. they were, they were f- fatigued with him when Ultron came out but I think they're fatigued with his imitators right there are a lot of people I think who try to imitate or it feels like Joss Whedon's kind of um, quippy dialogue that's something a lot of people try to imitate and they can't. And they can't. Well, that's the thing. I know... But that's not Joss Whedon's fault. No, I know, exactly. Um, I know people love it a lot, but the fact is there is no Thor Ragnarok without Joss Whedon. Yeah. I really believe that. Mm. He did that thing that turned Marvel into what it was yeah. with the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. He is what made Thor funny. Not in the same way. No, no. But the idea of Thor being a comic figure started in the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't understand this hatred of him all of a sudden. No, I is it the we we love Snyder, so we thus we must hate Whedon. Yeah, there's definitely an element of that. I think that's now into fanboyism, right? Binary kind of. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, they're not going to start. They're not no, going to no, no. kickstart that again. Yeah, but I agree with you on that. Yeah, and I do wonder how much of it is. Um, yeah, just like part of the marketing, you know, like oh, the, you know, we don't the, this new Zack Snyder cut is coming out, therefore we kind of have to. Kind of, well, actually, kind of what you said. We have to sort of trash the Whedon version. Yeah. Even though there's Zack Snyder in there. Yeah. We have to trash that version because the real version, quote unquote, is coming out. Yeah. It's going to be shit. Yeah. Well, the trailer isn't very good. It's mostly just images. Mm. It's a music video. It's images over this song. And then the, the logo comes up. Mm. 
And then, you know, like they usually have like a joke after the, the logo comes up in the mm. trailer mm. or some like, you know, badass moment or quippy moment. It's just, um, it's just the Flash going, he says something like, oh, it's going to be difficult to defeat this guy. Mm. And then uh, Ben Affleck goes, well, this guy's never fought all of us united. Mm. And then the trailer ends. Mm. Like, oh, was that supposed to be, was I supposed to feel something there? Well... I don't know. It's um people obviously did. There's so many people in the comments. I just don't like, know, oh, this trailer alone is better than the Justice League. I movie. just don't know where the, this goodwill has come from all of a sudden with him. People didn't like. Well, um, I think people think this is oh the artist winning over the studio, but it's not though, is it? I mean, it, the studio it, it let him is. do it. <laughs> it's like he's doing it. In spite yeah, that's the thing. The they let him do it. Like the yeah. studio, a studio. People's idea of a studio, yeah. they would never allow this to happen. No, but it's not like he's doing it in only, spite of them. They are enabling people, him. Only people who support artists yeah. and, you know, are fans of art mm. rather than money mm. would allow Zack Snyder to make an alternate version of a film. Is there love for Zack Snyder among DC fans? Yeah. They like him. Yeah, they yeah. like Justice League and they like Batman v Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't generally. comment on any of that because I think that's ludicrous. I don't. But. I don't know how prevalent it is. Yeah, there are obviously people who don't mm. uh, like that. That think that you know, Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman are just too a shit. Shit, yeah. yes, but also just too dark and just too well, headache inducing. They're just excessive, aren't they? Excessive, it's just as all well. too much. Um, but so I was rid of this podcast. What excessive? It's been said quite a lot. <laughs> um, it's been said excessively. In fact, it has been said yeah. excessively. That's was well observed thank you was that the right compliment to give you I liked it <laughs> no it was like it was well observed but it wasn't just the fact you observed it it was the way you phrased your observation to say that was all good what you just did okay Okay. that was all good what you just did so. oh thanks yeah <laughs> what were you going to say what, what's so nice about that compliment is that was completely unprompted totally I, I, there was no I, I wasn't told what to say no I just felt that you can edit this out right no <laughs> Yeah, I don't know the quantity of people who are just avid Zack Snyder supporters versus people who prefer the the kind of Aquaman-y direction that DC went in afterwards. Yeah. But they're definitely out there, and there's definitely a lot of them. Yeah. As seen by the support. I, I think that's it. I think there's DC people who like Zack Snyder's interpretation of DC. Mm-hmm. They obviously are in support of the Justice League. I think there are people who are pro creator pro mm-hmm. artist who are supporting it because mm-hmm. I think this is something they probably want to see more of um, and I, th- I think I think general film people would think this interesting not good yeah but interesting it'd be interesting to see how this experiment goes yeah okay vaguely interesting yeah I mean well this might be a trendsetter you know people were saying like oh after the sonic redesign is that just gonna like are the audience just going to be part of the production process now? Like, if if, if Zack Snyder's Justice League does well, mm. are there going to be more DC films that have, you know, director's versions? Are there going to be films outside of the DC universe that are going to do that? I don't know. I think if there's just enough call for something, they'll do it. If, if there's enough money in it. That's ultimately what it's all about. Mm. Uh, this is cynical. Like, don't don't uh, make any mistakes about that. Oh yeah, they're making they're, they're, they're making money off Justice League again. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, they don't care. It is a re-release. They don't care about the artist. If if it wouldn't make the money, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, I feel a lot of industry people lobby for it. I either suspect because they like Zack Snyder is like a decent guy in real life to get along with, mm. which I doubt, 
Uh, or oh, why would you doubt that? I don't know. He's just got a, he's got a fanboy vibe about him. Okay, um, you know my thing about about that. Yeah, yeah, I do now. Yeah, definitely. Um, that is yeah, that is totally. <laughs> I know, I don't know what I'm talking about there. Okay, but he does have that. Um, no, I don't like his films, but I don't. Yeah. I don't believe that he's a bad person. Well, I don't know. I reserve judgment. Okay. Um. So half that, like maybe they they met him and they like him and they get on with him, and out of sympathy because of what happened, mm. which is fair enough. And I know this is going to get better reviews because of that yeah there's going to be goodwill you know enough goodwill to inflate it beyond but then again Justice League didn't review well anyway so even if this film gets better reviews it doesn't mean it's going to get good reviews no but I think it's going to get good reviews it otherwise wouldn't have had had reality not played out the way it did okay I think if he just released his film the reviews would have sucked okay now they're going to be better okay Uh, which is unfair because you've got to judge the film on its own merits uh, I'm not going to watch it. I didn't watch the the last one. Well, hence the name of this segment. Are we going to consume or are we going to eschew? Eschew. We're, we're eschewing Justice League. Unless it gets inexplicably awesome reviews, okay. which it won't. Okay. So we're eschewing yes. Justice League. Yes. Suicide Squad we mentioned briefly. Yeah. What are, what are we thinking of Suicide Squad? I'll, ba- I'll base that purely on the reviews. Okay. I'm not excited, but I don't get excited by superhero movies, generally speaking. Hmm. Um, certainly not Suicide Squad I think it's going to be better than Suicide Squad well it can't not it be it can't not be it looks alright um, big cast that's always a tricky hmm, we'll see yeah um, but you know he's a decent filmmaker yeah I don't love Guardians I think that is overrated it is um, but it's also well put together yeah yes well put together hmm. so I think it's going to be fairly good okay so is that a I think it's going to be on the scale casual on- consume Casual concern. I think it's going to be on Birds of Prey level, which I quite liked. Okay. Maybe a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. So, sort of, yeah. Like, tentative yeah. consume. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Wonder Woman's the other one before Batman, isn't it? gives it? a shit. Yeah, I don't... I don't... I didn't love the first one. I don't quite know what the, 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 the second one is. Still? It's, it's in the 80s. The first... I know one, it's in the 80s, but I don't, I don't know what its motive that's is. That's the thing. From what I got from the trailer, Chris Pine is back, even though he died. Yeah. So I don't know what this is. Like James Dean now. Yes. Yeah. In yeah. the eighties. Yeah, I don't really know. Yeah. And also Kristen Wiig is the villain. Yeah. Which I find strange. Yeah. That feels like a strange choice to me. I don't know. I I, I was expecting them to have a female villain. And my yeah. problem is not that it's a female villain. Yeah, yeah. It's that it's Kristen Wiig. I mean she's and that doesn't strike me as a She's an actress and she she's she's not a comedy person anymore. No. I think. Yeah. She just is actress. She's not a particularly good one. I'm not. I've never been wowed by Kristen Wiig. Like, oh my god, she did that. Mm. She's just there. Okay. And she's okay and things. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. She's never been amazing. Yeah, I, I couldn't point you to a Kristen Wiig performance to go that. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, she's fine. Yeah, I mean, Wonder Woman. The first one was like, I know why it's getting good reviews. I acknowledge it has things going for it. Mm. I'm not enjoying it. But then there was that last one of the last lines I will destroy you that just fucked it all up for me (laughs) any chance I could have had to like it Theulis Theulis is that the same year as Fargo yeah I think so 2017 yeah yeah how how could you do that to yourself but he did Fargo I know he did Fargo one for the money one for the love okay alright and then the Batman yes oh yeah so are we eschewing we'll eschew again I will watch it if it gets good reviews because okay. I watch everything with good reviews. Okay. But, but I don't right care now. about it. Yeah, a shoe. A shoe. A shoe. Okay. Yeah. Batman. Yeah. Consume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks good, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I knew it would. Yeah. I knew it would. I, I mean, was also a bit it, like, oh, it, I hope it, so. It is only a teaser. It is. So it's still not quite, you know, it still could lead us astray. It, it could, yeah. 
But but at the moment, it's given me no reason to. No, it looks like they've got it right. Yeah, you know, it doesn't look like you know. Sometimes you see in teaser trailers that the, the the teasers look good, but you sense, but your papering cracks. Yeah, I know, but like you're just showing the good stills. Mm. This didn't feel like that. It felt like there was a lot more. Well, why didn't it feel like that? Because in a, in a way, it's a bit similar to the Justice League thing, where it's mostly images. There there isn't yeah. too much dialogue in between. Yeah. But it is mostly just kind of like tone setting. Yeah. So why does Batman work and Justice League doesn't? Part of the reason is probably because we haven't seen it before. I'm mean, okay. That no, aside, no, genuinely. No, but that um, aside, I mean, why does Batman? Because well, I, I, I haven't seen the Justice League trailer to be fair. So no, I, no. But I look at the Justice League trailer and I'm just not excited. I'm mm. like, oh god. Um. Whereas with the Batman, I'm like genuinely, I want to see where this is going. Well, God, I don't know. It's probably alchemical, isn't it? I mean. We're Batman fans, I would say. Yeah. Um, it just has a confidence about it. Mm. A subtle confidence. Mm. But where they can hold back. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah th- this looks... Because it looks... The, f- well, th- there probably is a bit of touch-up, but I don't think there was a single CG shot in the trailer. Not that I noticed. No, no. Yeah. that's part of it. Do you know what? I didn't, I didn't realise that. Yeah. It looks like a physical... Yeah. You know, physical filmmaking. There will be, obviously. Yeah, but bits. But it's going to be like the Dark Knight. Is where it the Riddler? Is he like the, the, yeah, the primary... He's the villain. Yeah, yeah, he's the villain. Yeah, that doesn't require much in the way of... It looks like they're, they're finally doing a detective Batman story, where mm. he's a detective, where there's a serial killer. Yeah. They haven't done that before. No. I was thinking, what rating is this film going to be? Because it'll probably be a, like a, a 12. Yeah, that's probably what they're going for. But still, Although that would be like if you're if you're starting Batman from scratch, like right, you aim for twelve. Yeah, yeah. But still, it's a hell of a like to do a serial killer in like a twelve film. Yeah, I wouldn't want it to be fifteen. I feel I, I don't want swearing. In, you know no, what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. Just keep it twelve. Yeah. We, we got the Dark Knight with a twelve, so that you can do this. Well, that's but, sort of the danger, isn't it? We don't want this to just be the Dark Knight light. But I don't think it will be. That, that that's another great thing about it. It doesn't. This is not Nolan. No. It's... My prediction before we saw anything was it was going to be Arkham-y, right? Yeah, the Arkham games. Which, that's in there, but without uh, the, the pure kind of zany... Oh, yeah, it's, over not, the top yeah, it's not zany. Not no, yet, at least. It's very noir mm. and moody and grounded. But there, there are hints, like the, the, the guy, the thugs with all the face paint and... Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the rogues gallery of villains that we're getting rather than just you know, one or two. Mm. So that's alchemy. Mm. I don't know, it just looks really good. It looks, the cinematography looks great. Mm. Um, well, it's Matt Reeves, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, War for the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Those are good looking films. Visual stylist. Visual stylist. Yeah. And he knows how to work with, um, I guess, unconventional protagonists. Because yeah. obviously, like all of the apes are CG in that. You don't even think that though. No, you don't. When you think back to Caesar, you do not think no. that's a constructed like, thing. Like the first one, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. A bit. Because that's now how many years old? Like nine. Nine years old. Yeah. It's aged. Yeah. And Dawn is starting to look a bit, you know, starting to age a little bit. But no. Rise, I don't know, Dawn and War feel like they were filmed. The CG was very well integrated in those yeah. films. Yeah, because well, he didn't direct the first one. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah that was somebody else. Robert Wyatt, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's part of it. I don't know, it's just... I, I rewatched Prisoner of Azkaban recently. Okay. And Hippogriff, you know, that's CG of its time. But you realise that it doesn't age if the story is good. Mm. Like, that was... Other than, like, some... That's it, the films weren't very good. Early noughties films, 
that had that horrible spot of CG where it aged instantly. Oh yeah, but it the film really, like rubbery. And yeah, but the films were never, were never good. So yeah, you know, if they were, you'd ignore that because you do, don't you? Like it's just I accept the reality of it. Yeah, if I'm absorbed by the what the film is presenting. Yeah. But yeah, in in the the, the Batman trailer, no CG that I could determine. Mm-hmm. That thing of the car going through the church, another director would have CG'd that. Yeah, no, that was pure physical filmmaking. Yeah, um, I like the suit. Yeah, it'll yeah, it all looks good. And as just pointed out, like mm-hmm. Matt Reeves knows how to work with CG. Yeah. So if there is going to be CG in it, it's going to be well done. Yeah, uh, him you know be- it's going to be well done. Him beating the shit out of the uh, yeah, the I like guy, that. That's that's good. Yeah, I like that they subvert your expectations. He doesn't say I'm Batman. Yeah, he says, he says I'm vengeance. I like that, but the standout is Colin Farrell. Where does he pop up in the trailer? Does he? This is the thing. He does. He does. A, couple, a few, three times he pops up. Okay. Do you recall the guy saying, "This guy's crazy"? Yeah. That's Colin Farrell. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The prosthetic work is astoundingly good. Right. The guy, you know, the thug, just the fat thug. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Colin Farrell as the penguin. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, all right. Yeah. So I think very briefly, there's like one shot of him in the rain looking a bit, uh. yeah. Then it's him with a bunch of goons firing a machine gun. And then, yeah. This, the isn't, this isn't just me, right? This isn't just me like brain farting. No, he, you're he not. genuinely you, difficult to pick out. Imp- yeah, I didn't know until I thought, so I put a thing on Instagram about this. I assumed it was like a Bill Camp or a Glenn Fleshler kind of actor that had been plucked from regional theatre mm. and was like, it was his breakout role as important thug. Yeah. But then afterwards, I found out that it was Colin Farrell. Right. And that's now been like, they've talked, they've confirmed that it is. And okay. It's being talked about. And I said, if this, if the makeup team are not nominated for an Oscar, <laughs> just for that. Yeah. Because it looks, yeah, it does not look like Colin Farrell mm. at all. It does beg the question, Why? If you're, gonna, cast if, you, if you're gonna do that to Colin Farrell, why cast Colin Farrell? It's interesting, why isn't not it? cast Bill Camp or someone like that? Because we were always a bit thing about Colin Farrell's the penguin. That's yeah. gonna be interesting. And the fact they made him not look like Colin Farrell. Yeah, yeah. It does beg that question. There must be something about him. Yeah. Like the way he performed yeah. during the um the uh, casting or whatever. I hope like we have to that is the penguin. We have to yeah. find a way of making that work. I hope they kinda went looking for him because I read a thing about Jonah Hill was in negotiations to be in the film right. as the Riddler or another or the Penguin maybe okay and they, ultimately they couldn't he wanted to be paid like more than Pattinson or something like that oh. that was one of the problems but another problem was they couldn't decide which role that he should play it's like it shouldn't work like that it should no. be an actor picks yeah. you go to the actor yeah. so I hope that's not the case with Farrell it's like we want Farrell in the DC universe so get, give him a role yeah I hope it was well, let's go with yeah, yeah. him and see what but he looks good. And like I said, he doesn't sound... At the end, it's, just, it's one of those random Gotham goons. Mm. This guy's crazy. <laughs> like, oh shit, it's Colin Farrell. <laughs> so yeah, it's amazing. That's what got me. And, you know, I instantly forgave him for Nirvana. And that's a good sign. Yes. We've been using Nirvana. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. Right. Something in the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it looks low-key, like... Relatively, the Catwoman looks like a cat burglar, not like a. Fucking yeah, like it's even more subtle than the the Nolan thing, where she had the the goggles that kind of look like cat ears. Yeah, it's e- like even less. It's gonna be a hell a hell of uh, an achievement to, to be better than the Dark Knight. It's not going. It's to. not going to be, but I think it's gonna be a better Batman film. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take that. When I say it's not going to be as good as The Dark Knight, I don't think that's the, the detriment of this film. No, little is. Yeah. Yeah, little is as good as The Dark Knight. Yeah. We can't compare. It's fine. You don't yeah. have to... Yeah. Like, if, if, you're, if that's genuinely what you're going for, yeah. and you think that you've pulled it off, then amazing. Yeah. But it's okay. You don't have to be better than The yeah. Dark Knight. You are in there, like you are going to compare yourself against that if you're making a Batman film. Especially like, if it's a more grounded Batman film yeah. as well. But they, yeah, they've gone with more... Nolan grounded was Nolan grounded, so it's there's there's no gothicness to it. You know what I mean? There was yeah. a little bit, yeah. But it's, the setting was kind it's of sleek. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, Batman Begins is especially, but the Dark Knight and the Rises, it's Nolan being sleek. It's Inception-y kind of mm. visuals and you know, high tech sort of. Thing. This looks comic book noiry. Yeah, it looks like um, the Killing Joke or something. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that they're not going with the fetish for the Joker that's been they're not recasting the Joker we again. don't know yet they might in a sequel yeah but I doubt if he's in this film it will be a cameo at the end or something mm. that'll be commendable if they if we get a yeah. major Batman release that doesn't have the Joker in it but I, yeah I don't want it to be in it I, I don't want it to end the same way Batman Begins did which I'll look into it which I love in Batman Begins yeah but we've had three Jokers in you know 10 years yes there's also the Gotham TV series which Gotham he's TV in series. there's going to be a it took him a while to show up though in Gotham didn't it, it took yeah because like he was a different seasons. character I think or like yeah. you didn't think he was a Joker yeah, yeah. and he became the Joker um, they're doing a spin-off of this film though are they uh, a prequel because um. this is his second year of being Batman okay. in this film and it's going to show his first uh, or at least it's going to it's going to be set from how strange yeah interesting that you do the second film first yeah interesting yeah. But I like that because it's not an origin story per se. It's, but we're still getting new. one. He's, he's new, the, you know? He's, but he's new, not, but that's yeah. the problem. We are getting an origin story. We're yeah. just not getting it yet. Well, I think it's unclear whether he's actually going to be in the prequel. It's going to be set before the film, but it's unclear how much of a role Batman's going to play in it. Okay. Um, it's going to be about the corruption in Gotham City PD. Okay. Um, which usually you go, oh, more content. But it's being show run by Terence Winter, who's Boardwalk Empire man. Oh, okay. Um, All right. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sopranos writer. All right. So I'm hoping for a better than Daredevil, which was good. Yeah. The TV show, that sort of thing, you know. But yeah, just as, as the film, as the Batman, and it's a planned trilogy, hmm. and it's one of those rare occasions where I find myself going, "Oh, good. I'm excited for a trilogy rather yeah. than let's get a Matt Reeves Batman trilogy. That would yeah. be great. Yeah. His, and, and conclude it. His first trilogy. Yeah. Because, you know, Planet of the Apes is the closest. Yeah. But that, you know. Give him a trilogy. Just give him three films and then conclude the story. Mm. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'd like that. Two Batman trilogies. I want that. <laughs> I, want, I that. want it. I want it now. But yeah, no, I'm very, very excited. I'm very, I'm very rarely excited by trailers anymore. And mm. I was. Well, that's one. good. Yeah. You can still feel, Sam. I can still feel. Well, we talked about, didn't we, before, um, how do you do the Riddler in a realistic context yes and they found a way they just changed the character yeah which is fine yeah but yeah it seems like he's a serial killer who, who writes riddles mm. alright yeah let's see how that works uh, you get the vibe that he kills your corrupt officials that's his thing I think so yeah yeah I'm trying to like yeah um, make him a bit not sympathetic but give him some uh, meat yeah 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 yeah, Edward Nashton, isn't it? Yeah. Which is good. Like, yeah, you can't do Edward Nigma in a no. realistic thing. But they, they are doing Oswald Cobblepot. Oh, uh, well, it's fine. <laughs> but, but, you know... I feel like you can, get, you can get away with Cobblepot. You can't get away with Nigma. Yeah. Isn't the Penguin... Is, is he British in most incarnations? I think so. But I don't think they're doing that. Farrell looks like... Um, 
like a street thug, like a New York street okay. thug that, but that rises to become... They've said that he's not Penguin in this. He hates being called Penguin okay. in this film. Mm. Yeah, that's cool, though, that he starts off as just like a, a hood yeah. that will become... Yeah, the boss. The boss. Yeah. Yeah, show that across the trilogy. Mm. We haven't had that, have we? Villains r- recurring. No, no, the, the closest we got was Scarecrow. Yeah, who just pops up and like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, very excited for the Batman. Yeah. Don't let us down, Matt, Matt Reeves. Please don't. Please, Please don't. don't let us. I, and Robert Pattinson as well. Don't do let us down. What? Yeah, it's those, I think, do you think a lot of it is people setting up something to hate so they can be pleasantly surprised? Because we both knew, right, or suspected, that, right, it's Matt Reeves. Mm-hmm. Forget, you always got to look at this. When people are, oh, it's a DC film. No, no. Look at the director and the writer. Those are the things you have to look at. Mm. We like his work as a director. Yes. It's not going to be a bad film. It no. might be an okay film. Yeah. Probably going to be a decent film. Mm. So we had that, and I was confident that, oh, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to do. And we like Pattinson now. You know, we have we for some time. Do people? Well, this is the thing. It's like, oh my God, I thought he was going to be terrible, but then I, I watched this trailer. It's like, you're just not paying attention. You're still thinking Twilight. That's, That's the like thing. I, I, think, I think a lot of people look at him and they still think Twilight. They don't. They haven't seen Good Time. They haven't seen no. The Lighthouse. They, you know, by design, right? He stayed away from the, the things people see. But that's the thing. <laughs> this is going to be his big return to the yeah. spotlight now. The new and improved Robert Pattinson. Yeah. So, how are people going to respond to that? Are they just going to go, "Oh no, you're still Twilight Man," or are they going to realize, "Oh shit, this guy knows what he's doing"? Well, he's clearly like Christian Bale. Um, in Batman Begins I don't know how old he was but he just about pulls off when they flash back to him being a college freshman yes um, and obviously then he's Christian Bell Robert Pattinson is the correct age it's like when they say oh the new Bond should be Idris Elba it's like in his 50s get yeah. Yeah. a 20 something doesn't look it though in fairness increasingly because I mean, he's gone grey now isn't he he's going grey but yeah. if, you, if you take that out of the equation yeah well you know, black don't crack black don't crack yeah. exactly Elba's not cracking yet no but still you wouldn't cast him as Bond now would you no. Yeah. No, no, no. But my point is, yes. it's not like, you know... It's not Roger Moore and A View to a Kill. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you cast Pattinson. I quite like that he... He's probably, like, got ripped for the role. Mm. But he's not... He's not that... He's not muscly. He's... In the trailer, he looks kind of foppish. He's got that yeah. foppish hair. Yeah, yeah. He does look like a rich kid. Mm. You know? I like that. Mm. That again, he's at the start of his journey. I like that he's maybe just a little bit. I'm interested to see his Bruce Wayne more than his Batman. Like we know the bat. Yeah, you, cinema has kind of nailed Batman now, right? Yeah, you you know how to do Batman. Just don't do the voice too silly. Yeah, and the rest is fine. Yeah, and yeah. make a decent looking suit, and that's yeah. Batman. I'm interested to see his Bruce Wayne. I, I think it's going to be good. That. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, I think he's going to play it in the same way, like in Cosmopolis or something like that, where it's icy. Okay. You know? But we've seen it in The Lighthouse as well. He does animated. He's yeah. crazy in the light. He can do it. Yeah. I've, I've got faith. I've got faith. Okay. End on a op- note of optimism for a change. <laughs> oh, isn't that do wonderful? We, do we have anything else to talk about? Um, Not really, no. We've no. been going nearly three hours. Yes. We should probably cut it. <laughs> yeah, okay. 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 Thank you for listening. Thank you very much. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.